Nah, a little it's bit. fine. You're okay. back. We're in. All okay. right. <laughs> Welcome back to Tea Time, everybody. What day is today? Saturday, 26th of August, 2023, 136 in the PZM. Uh, today I have with me Nate Dog. What? All right. So we just watched the Republican debate, first debate. Do you have a what? Do you want? <laughs> no. All right. What's, we'll be right back. All right. We're back. Trying to fix audio a little bit, but it's it's whatever. Um, yeah, so what'd you think? The debate? Yeah. Well, it's definitely like a, hier- a hierarchy, like a tier of who's who's standing out. Who's the top dogs? I mean, like top dogs, you know, DeSantis maintained his, his spot, I think. Mm. He didn't have like an overly strong performance, but he, he survived, you know, whatever that was. Yeah. Uh, I think Vivek definitely stood out but there's a lot a lot of weaknesses and strengths i saw come out for him and then uh Haley, um as well you know i saw a lot of her strengths there mm-hmm. but uh i also saw pence you know maintain some sort of you know maintain his ground pence was definitely popping yeah, yeah so i'd say that's like my, my my first tier and then like my second tier that i could see was christy and tim scott I think they. I don't know if I would give that to Tim Scott. Well, these Tim Scott, like, he had rebuttals against Vivek. You know, okay, Ashton Hutchinson, no, Ashton Hutchinson, Asa or whatever. Hutchinson, Asa Hutchinson, and what was that guy's name? Brett. Uh, Doug Burgum. Doug Burgum. They didn't argue with anybody. They weren't even, mm-hmm. you know, questioned or anything. But Tim Scott, he he was in multiple arguments. So that's why I put him in tier two. Was he? Because I felt he that was. he was he very was. like it he was, was. He was. I would put him with Bergam and Hutchinson, and that it was only when he was asked that he really came out. No, he got in one or two spats with with um, Vivek. But the thing too is like Christie would point back to him and you know reaffirm things he said. Mm-hmm. He was mentioned multiple times. So I think that's why I play some tier two. Then obviously outside of that is Asa Hutchinson and Doug Burnham, yeah. who are just non-factors. Said I think a lot of you know powerful things for their platforms. Mm. And, but I think the overall theme of the whole debate was all their policies seem so similar mm. and homogeneous. And then there's Vivek. It's all all seem so. Well, I don't know that Vivek was very different, and that's kind of like the hard. He was different. Thing. He, he wanted to defund Ukraine. He wants to end yeah. multiple government agencies. He. Um, I mean, Pence also echoed the ending of the Department of Education. Like two other, three of them said that too, but he said some starkly different things. He also he wanted to pardon Trump. Which is very. Yeah. He said a lot of controversial things. Yeah, like for sure. Out of everybody, Defund- he was the standout. De- defunding Israel. He also said that. But he said like Haley was accusing him of that, and he he said he disagreed. No, no, no. That wasn't his policy. He, he agreed with partnering partnering with Israel and being friends with Israel. But he doesn't want to send any missiles over there anymore. He doesn't want to send any money over there anymore. Mm-hmm. He want to connect financial ties. I do think. You know, there there is some controversy with Israel, you know, the amount of money we spend them. Mm-hmm. For example, during Ukraine, we had missiles stored in, in Israel that we wanted to send to Ukraine. And Israel is giving us a hard time with that, which is ridiculous. Yeah. We're, we practically fund your defense for, for such a long time. We And then you want to let us take our missiles. So I thought that was, yeah. But no, definitely that's my tier list that I mm. could make. I mean, I think you could argue between pence and christie hmm. flipping out in those two tiers but well i don't not that i'm endorsing any of these candidates oh no <laughs> you reserve your endorsement for only the choice candidate i understand it's very selective but, but uh no that, that's where i saw them lying in the 
debates, which is similar to their poll numbers. I yeah, I, I don't. I think it's difficult in that, like, right? They're all running as a Republican candidate, so I mean, naturally, I think they're going to have some of the same policies when it comes to like likability, right? Like you were saying this uh, while we were watching is like that's not necessarily something you should decide on. I think a lot of people decide based on that's that, true. and I think that's, that's one of the main reasons that Trump was so successful is just his likability. Um, or lack thereof. Or lack thereof. But, like, the the other question, too, is you have your ideal policy and you have whether or not you like the guy. But then there's the reality of the situation of what can you implement? What's going to allow you to win the real presidential election where you have to get over some of the moderates who might vote for Democrats? And then what is, you know, when you you're saying— You have to win independence. You have to win the independence. But also, like, if you're saying all these radical policies— are they feasible to get in? And that's something that Haley brought up was like, you're not going to get on, the abortion ban passed. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. No, 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 It doesn't matter if it's, it doesn't matter. Okay, that's the thing about presidential election. It doesn't matter what's feasible or not. It just matters what you say. Look, look at Trump. I mean, for me, it matters. For okay. me, it's like, no, okay, what is this bullshit that you're saying to me right now? You were talking about electability, how important it is that charismatic, being charismatic is and for your electability. Think of Trump. The entire election, what can you summarize it in three words? What, besides build the wall? I mean, build the wall. Build the wall. Build the wall. Build the wall. Doesn't matter how unfeasible it sounded. Doesn't matter if he said he's going to build a 100 foot wall. Doesn't matter if he said he's going to build a 2,000 border wall. Doesn't matter if he said he would build it around Canada. That's what people like to hear. That's what got him elected. But I mean, like when we were discussing in the election, right? Like, besides likability, which is something, you know, it's good. And then, like I said, the, the ideal policies to get in. As a voter myself, I look at, like, what is actually reasonable and what is actually good overall. And so, you know, it's fine that, you know, you build a wall, yes. But I didn't necessarily even agree with that policy either. I think it's like, all right, there's much better ways to spend money to prevent people from going through the border rather than just building the wall. I think, you know, there's aspects of, of a wall that can definitely help. Well, it's like, you know what they said? Um, I had somebody on last week who was saying, like, you know what the number one way illegal immigrants get into the country is? tunnels? Flights. They fly in and they overstay on their visas. So it doesn't matter about the wall. Well, that's, um, that's not true because when you still have millions of people who are being document or are being seen crossing the border. There's literally millions of people who are crossing the border while there are people flying in. Yeah. There's no doubt. There's no yeah, doubt. But, I mean, tons of immigrants get in through... Uh, what is it like? Just through the border itself. You can't. I mean, you see those pictures of like the Rio Grande River or whatever in Texas. You see thousands. You see. You saw. It's famous. You know, last year you saw those guys. You see those Texas border patrol agents on the horsebacks mm-hmm. trying to like, herd people. You see pictures of just thousands and thousands and thousands yeah. of people crossing. Like it's a real thing. But you've seen videos of people climbing over the wall. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I think like. To me, the wall was more of a, a visual. Yeah. It's, it's like the TSA. It's there to make well, us feel good, well, but its effectiveness okay. isn't that big. Okay. In the, in, in the big picture, when we're addressing you know, the southern border and the wall and everything, what's it all stemming from? It's stemming from um, destabilization in these Central American and South American countries because of drug trafficking, cartels, and violence and poverty. So the real solution at the end of the day is stabilizing these countries. How do you do that? There's lots of ways. Economically, you try to support these countries, raise them up, or, you know, it's not often practical, you stabilize their governments. And how do you stabilize these governments? You go after the cartel. Well, you, I think su- it's- you support these, co- these, these 
it's um, governments not militarily. Just but that's supporting that, 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 them. It's making our immigration better because at the end, of, like these people, are, one of the reasons they're coming over illegally is because they can't get in legally. No, 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 no. We use the illegal no. immigrants. They, they're all like tons of agriculture <laughs> no, is no, done no, no, by illegal immigrants. Tons of of Eric, restaurants. You got, you got it so wrong are, though. Work by s- illegal immigrants. So if yeah. you allow, if you make it easier for people to immigrate and be hard workers. Then that solves the problem. Eric, Eric, most of these people don't want to immigrate. They're being forced to. They're being forced to immigrate because of the poverty and violence and stuff. Millions of these people wouldn't be having to immigrate if their countries were in such disarray. I'm not it's, saying that's it's not, not true. It's, it's not immigration. I'm not, saying, it's not. I'm not saying that's not true. But I'm saying, okay, you're not going to be able to just fix these countries overnight. You so you have to attack both of the ends by not only fixing their countries, but also you have people who are coming over who are willing to work these shitty jobs that Americans don't want to work. People don't want to work in fields for cheap labor. So why don't you make it easier? Like they had agricultural visas so people come over and we don't have to make them citizens. They'll come over, work for cheap, and then leave the country and they give money back to their families or whatever. But if you make it easier to legally allow these people to immigrate, then you're going to reduce illegal immigration and you have more control over who is allowed to immigrate and who is allowed because we use their labor. It is useful you wouldn't, to have these migrants in the you, country. You wouldn't even have this problem if you address these countries. And the other thing is, I'm saying do we, both. We I'm don't, saying do both. We don't even have the resources to go through and, and process all these visas. These are millions. Think about it, these are millions and millions of people are coming over in a year, and you have to you have to yeah, you have to process their documents. You have to go through to either verify them or, or deport them back. You have to check their backgrounds, and you literally don't have the government employees. You don't have that. That, you're that, saying we have the resources to fix all these foreign countries that are, have corrupt governments and have cartels that we have to deal with. Like you're saying, we can fix this giant problem, but we can't fix this other giant problem. And it's also like, okay, one of the problems is like, okay, funding for the border patrol. But also, if you fund the immigration and you and you fix the immigration problem, because people have to jump through all these crazy loopholes. And I'm not saying we shouldn't be selective about who's allowed to immigrate to the country, but there are certain processes that are just bureaucratic nonsense that's going on that makes it super difficult for people who are they would be good American citizens, I know. and we want good, hardworking citizens. So why don't you? allow them to immigrate into the country i'm not saying I, throw the border open they, like they, they obviously do. are letting people immigrate legally into, into here i think you're missing the bigger picture that the main issue with our southern immigration is the violence poverty and drugs you solve those issues in in a year two years that's why in, in, okay i'm not calling out the trump administration here but in the previous administration you see like like pence said in debate immigration numbers dropped like 90 percent that's in one year. That's a huge jump. Imagine going from five million people yeah, across the not, border to five hundred thousand. That's not addressing the things that you're talking about. I know. Like, I know. Like solving I know. These and I'm, I'm not saying it's but, not but a I'm problem. Ta- I'm, I'm, ta- not, I'm not saying we, you know, oh, they're going to come over and we're just going to regulate. I'm saying you have to solve the problem of what they're running away from. You have to solve the cartel I know, problem. I know, but you have to solve the country's saying, problems. But at the same time, you know, it's saying like all oh, these illegal immigrants, they're all rapists. It's like that's just not true. Well, I know, but you're, you're talking about what's practical. You're talking about what's practical. Well. What you're saying is we need thousands and thousands of more government employees, federal employees, to doing to be verifying, getting these people processed, verified, or either deported back to their countries. You need to be getting thousands and thousands more employees every year for all these millions of people crossing. And it wouldn't stop because these countries are still being destabilized. But if you funnel the illegal I'm, immigrants I'm t- I'm t- through illegal immigration, then one, you're defunding the cartels because they make tons of money whoa, by whoa, smuggling whoa, 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 whoa. these people. Cartels no, make a bunch Eric, of money Eric, by guys, smuggling these people. The vast majority of these people are just 
crossing over. A ton. There's an enormous industry that is funding cartels by obviously, paying them obviously. to smuggle people across. So you're defunding the cartels, however much you want to say, by making it legal. But also, like these people, they go and they apply to immigrate through the country. There's tons of people who have been sent back. While they were caught at the border, they were sent back and told, okay, go through these immigration forms. They were given an app, and the app doesn't even work, or they only have a certain amount of spots, and then the, the app glitches out when you're trying to get spots. So I'm not saying, oh, you know, make the federal government enormous, but what I'm saying is make it effective so that these people who deserve to come to the country, who we want in the country, make it so they can actually get in. And then once you make it so that people can do these things legally, they're going to have less incentive to do it illegally. Of course, we don't want them to have something to run from, but at the same time, we need to make it feasible for good immigrants to come into the country. You agree to disagree. I don't I, like. I don't understand what you what you have against like having them come in through legal you're, you're, means. You, because you're talking about, you're talking about legal means. So you're talking about over the over your solution to to the current problem or your way to address it would just be to legally incentivize these people to come over here. But that'd be legally incentivizing millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of people that we can't accommodate. People, are, there's already millions of people coming. Like they, like people want to come into the country. You're not going to change that because it's a great country. Because our government can't our country can't support the millions and millions of people that are coming but there's already millions of illegal immigrants who are going to get in so you have to account like there are millions of people who are coming in whether you like it or not it's what are you going to do about them are you going to make it so you have your choice of what people are going to come in are you going to make it so at least you know who is coming in because if you want to go out and weed like they were saying the seven million immigrants who are already here you're still going to have to fund federal institutions it's just you're funding ice rather than the border control so you or have under to the Mex- or under the trump administration you deport them back to mexico and keep them in mexico but what i'm saying is you have millions of people who are gonna come over. If you make it's illegal, they're still coming over now. So okay, fine, you can deport them, but you also are throwing away a good resource. And then you have people who want to come over and work for cheap, which is something that we use already. That's used throughout agriculture, and that's one of the reasons why food is so cheap is because you have these migrant workers working on farms. I think you're missing the point where Chris Christie said there's already. Hundreds of thousands of people across the world waiting to immigrate into this country legally because it's, our, the, our capacity is being maxed out every year through legal immigra- immigration and illegal immigration from the southern border. We already have... The capacity is not you're, maxed you're, out you're, through illegal immigration. Your quote-unquote quote, good immigrants, which uh, I don't think it's a great term. Your quote, I mean, unquote, there are good immigrants. <laughs> your quote-unquote your quote, term for this, for people who come here to work, it's already being filled up with capacity. People are coming and working. There's millions of people coming who don't have work. They, who millions of people who are coming to this country and... I don't think that's true. It is true. Tons of people. What do you mean tons of people are coming who don't have work? There's tons of people. One, the people who immigrate legally, like one of the main cruxes for them to immigrate is that they can do a job that nobody else in America can support. That's or not because true. they can invest. That's money. not that so is, many, that so is many true. immigrants are coming over here starving and in poverty and don't even know what's over here, but they're leaving because they're escaping. Those are illegal immigrants. Those are people coming over from Mexico. I'm saying, that's okay, what I'm talking about. No, 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 you're arguing about the people who are coming over legally that's and coming not, and they're not that's, finding that's, jobs. That's not what I was talking so about. The that's people, not what the I was people, talking well, about. Okay, let's that's get it straight. The people about. who are coming over legally are coming over because they have jobs lined yes, up, because yes, they have resources. Yes, they're very selective yes, about who can come over. Yes. Fine. Then there's a bunch of people who are coming over illegally, and a lot of people are in poverty and they're not doing anything. There's a lot of people who are working illegally here, who are doing jobs, and because they're working illegally, they're underpaid. 
and that's true. I mean, you've seen people abuse it. Yes. There was a recent, yes. you know, cleaner who was trafficking people and forcing them to work. Anyways, the fact of the matter is that one of the reasons why there's so many more illegal immigrants coming from Mexico is just the access. Fine. And I'm not saying, you know, oh, just throw the border open. But there is a certain amount of immigrants that you have to deal with from Mexico because it's so easy for them to get in. That's going to happen. You realize the mo- majority of these immigrants are coming from Ecuador. And, but they're coming and, through Mexico. Yeah. They're coming through. I'm saying they're coming through the southern land border. That's, that's but the they're, source. They're not, they're, not, it's not, they're not just immigrating because they're Mexicans and it's easy access. They're coming. They're doing. They're coming through Mexico because it's easy access. That's not what you said, though. Well, that's what I meant. The, the point is, you have a border that you have to, yes, you have to secure the border, but at the same time, you want to make it so that people choose to go through legal means rather than going through illegal means because they're incentivized because of the bureaucracy and because of how hard it is to get into the U.S. Not only is it hard just because of the stringent requirements, which I'm not saying they're bad. Like, of course, we want to make sure that we're only getting the best and brightest. But at the same time, there's a lot of bureaucracy that goes on that just makes it for even the good citizens to come over into the U.S. And so you need to incentivize people not to migrate illegally. One, yes, that's keeping them from leaving their countries by making their countries better. But at the same time, you want to facilitate people who want to migrate legally rather than choosing the illegal route because that way we can control it and then we know who's coming in. So you want to, you want to, there's certain problems that you're not just going to be like, no illegal immigration, just shoot them all. Like people are going to come over either way. Like you, you can't take an absolutist approach to it because it's just not feasible. That's not how it's going to work. So you have to say, all right, we're going to have to deal with a certain amount of people who are going to come in illegally, whether we like it or not. How do we persuade them to come through our routes that we can control? What? Okay. I mean, if you disagree, you say something. I just think I'm in a totally different, totally different sphere of perspective. Well, I mean, it's like I, we've talked about it before, but like drugs, like you're very much like make them illegal, but it's like people are going to do drugs anyways, right? So it's like, all right, like marijuana, it doesn't work to make it illegal. Well, because- marijuana doesn't make sense to make illegal, but it's different. You have things like cocaine or right. opioids, but like like. I forget who said it, but it's basically like, um, what is it? You know, if everybody followed the law, we we don't need prisons, but we have to have prisons anyways because we know a certain amount of people are going to break the law. So what are we going to do about it? It's like we know a certain amount of people are going to illegally immigrate. What do we do about it? Well, we try and make it one so that people don't illegally immigrate, take a different route. But two, yes, we should have enforcement about keeping illegal immigrants out and going through and finding illegal immigrants and deporting them. I'm not saying I, I like I it's support. Just, it just, it just makes, it, it makes it, you make it sound like there's no system in place for people to come over here illegally. There's legally a system in place, but it's a bad is. system. I'm saying I'm saying it how do you know it's a, how do you know it's a bad system because it can't accommodate 10 million people coming over. I mean, if that's the loads it has to deal with, we have to make it so it actually works. Like there's people talk, like the, like I said, the apps like you're they're giving systems that don't work properly they have certain amounts of bureaucracy in them that what, are what, what, what if there is no immigration system that will ever exist that can accommodate 10 million people coming over i don't think you can accommodate all of them but i think you can help reduce the problem by making the system better and it's better overall even for immigrants not coming from mexico just improving the immigration process how do you allow improve it? More what, what needs to be improved 
I'd say fixing just the unnecessary amount of bureaucracy, like the amount of what forms and stuff that you have to fill out, the constant, like, it's it's hard to reduce the, the wait list just because so many people are applying. Well, it's good to have wait list to make sure you're not getting criminals coming to the country or... No, I'm saying, like, that's not something you can necessarily fix just because so many people want to come over. So there's but it's this. evaluating how many people you want to allow into the country also. I don't know how many we can feasibly take in versus how many people were actually allowed. So what, what are you recommending needs to be done? Needs to be changed? What, what in this whole process is so important that needs to be I mean, streamlined? Stream, streamline and improve the process to make it easier for people who are good good potential what citizens. If it, what, if it's already a, it. what if it's already at its most peak efficiency? I don't think it is. How do you know? Uh, based on the people I've talked to who are immigrating to the country, they know that it's such a it's a pain in the ass to an extent like well like, chris chrissy just said that's the reason that is is because we're maxing out our capacity for immigrants i don't think we're maxing out our capacity for immigrants this is what a government official is saying this is what a presidential candidate is saying they're talking about maxing out like illegal immigrants. no capacity, no that's not what you're saying like there's that's not what he's saying i think that's exactly what he's no, saying. no he does not what you're saying because we can take like they're talking about like you're saying, he's saying people have to wait months and years to come to this country legally because our capacity for immigration is maxing out i don't think that's what he's saying that's what he said but i understand that there's a maximum amount of people that we can take but it's understanding like why is it well we we need to figure out what that maximum is compared to how many people we're actually taking in but dealing with Mexico specifically, you have to make it so that you have to deal with the illegal immigrant problem and not just by just getting rid of everybody. You have to make it so that some of them can come. One of the, like, the agricultural visas that you're allowed. That's already happening right now. People can already come to this country legally. But they're reducing the amount of agricultural visas that are allowed. Like I forget, it was like two years ago or something. They were There were farmers arguing to get rid of it completely. Which is like, okay, if you don't want people immigrating, make it so that they can have a visa and then go back to their country and then they don't live here. So it's, it, I'm saying like the, the policy of just get rid of them all is not going to work because certain people are going to come regardless and you have to deal with that I don't think it's a policy to just get rid of them all. What do you mean? That's the entire build a wall and it, deport them all. That's the policy. That's, that's what people are pushing. Deport future illegal immigrants, not the people that are already here. No, he was just like Chris Christie was asked. We're going to deport he them said all. That's said what he said. for the people that came, that are coming this year, the six million that are coming this year. To, to he said the seven them. million people that are already inside, we have to send them no, all no, back. no, 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 no. That's exactly what he said. S- he, six million people have come under the Biden administration in the past two years. No, she that, was talking, she said, what about the no, seven million people who are already here? There are tens of millions of immigrants here. She asked, the, the moderator asked, what are you going to do about the people who are already here? And he said, I'm going to send them back. That was, we agreed, that was like the most straightforward, like back and forth during the entire yes, debate. Yes, but they were specifically talking about in the past two years under the Biden administration, by three million people came over in one year. Under Regardless Biden's of term. who we're talking about, he said he was going to send them back. Period. Okay. That's what he was going to do. And is something wrong with that? I don't think it's necessarily feasible to weed out every single illegal immigrant in the country. I don't think that's what they're talking about. They're talking about people that are detained. That they're talking about people that they're tracking. They're talking about people that... They're not, I don't, they're not talking about hunting down people and deporting them. That's, they're talking about all the illegal immigrants. They're not talking about all the illegal, illegal immigrants that they know the exact location of. They're talking about illegal immigrants at large, and he wants to get rid of them all. That's what he's, ta- that's what he's saying. <laughs> he's saying get rid of all the illegal immigrants that's period okay 
Okay. I don't think it's feasible to do that. I don't think you're going to find them all and get them all out. Well, he's not saying to hunt them all down. What are you going to do? Are they just going to ask them to come forward? What do you? He said, okay, all the illegal immigrants, get them out. No. How are it, you going to get them it's, out? It's, you got to find them all. Case in point, in the state of Florida, that illegal immigrant on, the, um, on Howard Franklin who was driving a construction forklift and killed somebody or whatever, they found out he's an illegal, um, illegal alien, tracked him down, and deported him. Yeah, but what he's saying is crime, they're, caught, they're not going to Gestapo send people into the boroughs and try to find illegal aliens. They're going to send people they back. They already do that. That's <laughs> what ICE is for. They go and they find illegal immigrants and they deport them. That's what they do. That's what they used to do. What do you think they do now? They just twiddle their thumbs and say, I hope an illegal yeah, immigrant comes Yeah, up under today. the Biden administration, yeah. Yeah, but that's not what the, they, like, that's not the policy that they're presenting. <laughs> should, we, should we move on? We should, this oh, sound, I mean... Is, this sounds like I, a circular... I don't know. Like, I think there's a place to find agreement in that, okay, yeah, we can't have just illegal immigrants coming over willy-nilly. Like, that I think we at least agree on. It's how do you fix the problem? And I think it's good, yeah, help these other countries out. One of the things, if you help Mexico with their industry, because we're partnering with them for manufacturing. So if you build Mexico up, then people are going to have an incentive to stay in Mexico. I don't say you build them up. I say you kill the cartels. Yeah, but we're building them up by putting factories over there for cheap labor. The same way we built China up, it's the same thing we're going to do in Mexico. It's something we used to do in Mexico. We've been decoupling our trade with China and Mexico for a while now. I think we're increasing our trade. I mean, so many factories are being built. Like, Ford is opening new factories in Mexico, like, as we speak. Well, new factories are being built in China as we speak, but we're still decoupling from them. The one way that we can get out of China is by partnering with Mexico. Like, they are our economic ally, but they're our teammates because they're right next door. Like, that's the whole deal. Mexico is not our teammate. Why should? What do you mean? Mexico is our teammate. No, they're a democracy. What's why shouldn't they no, be our teammate? No, Mexico is not a democracy. That thing is run by cartels. And Mexico, I mean, it's not good. But I'm saying Mexico, like Mexico's I, president was literally buddy buddy with with uh, Putin, and not um, they wouldn't do any votes at the UN regarding the Ukraine war. Yeah, but a bunch of cu- regardless of that cowards. policy, I'm saying like they are a source of cheap labor and companies now are taking advantage of that more and more and one of the reasons why is because people want to decouple with China and also the cost of shipping. Like if you everybody talks about bringing manufacturing back to America, which I agree is good, but I think there's going to be a strong resistance because of the price of labor in America and one way to source cheap labor that's not giving China power is through Mexico. What? <laughs> yes or no? Like, that's true. It's useful. It's good for us. You want to take China out of the equation, still have cheap shit? Mexico. And then you'll build up Mexico's economy, and then people want, won't want to leave Mexico. And there you go. Mexico's not our friend. Why not? They're one of China's biggest trading partners now. They, they, they don't I mean, help maybe us. the cartels, but that's not the Mexican government. No, the Mexico government is. How so? I'm pretty sure Mexico just became one of China's top three trading importers or something. Because like right now, they're our top trade partner, is Mexico. I'm pretty sure Mexico is up there with China as well. Why wouldn't you want to trade with them more and make them more of our ally then? I'd rather trade... Who are we going to trade with? Are we not going to trade with anybody? <laughs> we'll trade with ourselves. Oh, man. It's not getting anywhere. Have a conversation. What? 
Mexico's not our friend. They don't help us. They they're run by cartels. They fund. They support cartels. They. I don't like the Mexican government. Doesn't support like they actively fight against the there's, cartels. There's, there's a lot of corruption in the government. There's so many cases of corruption and the president working behind the scenes with cartels. Yeah, and, but I know, think like at large, like the general idea is the Mexican government is against the cartels because the cartels <laughs> represent a different like source of power that's kind of usurping the, the Mexican government. I mean, the military doesn't even challenge the cartels half the time. I mean, they're in collusion with them sometimes. I think, yeah, but they're also afraid of them. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. The cartels practically run the country. It's a joke. Yeah. But, but like, that's not... I don't think that's a reason to be against Mexico at large. Is like, you'd want to partner with the government to strengthen, like, well, the legal system versus... And depower you know, the cartels. You know what needs to be done? Like, Asa Hutchinson was saying... And DeSantis was saying, and other candidates were saying, he put economic pressure on Mexico in order to make them cooperate with us and take out the cartels. I agree with that. We want to pressure Mexico to take out the cartels. Yeah, we and, have to and, make sure that and, they take and out And the pressuring cartels. Mexico is not increasing trading cooperation with them. It's not building more factories in Mexico. It's doing the opposite. And but so I they comply with like, us. You have to, like, it's a give and take, though. I think if you incentivize them by building factories but then threatening to take them away, no, threatening to no, take away deals, like, no. like you gotta, you got to use influence. Because then, if then you just then, tell them to fuck yourself, they're not going to nationalize. They just nationalize the industries. You know, that's what... I, I don't think they, like... I think that you have to provide them an incentive. Like, they're not going to do it just because we asked them to. They're, they're going to tell we you to go provided themselves. China 20 years of incentives by building them up, letting them steal our technology, and now they're our biggest adversary. In the real world, incentives seem nice, but it's pressure. It's pressure and strength. But you pressure them through incentives. Like, that's what we do all the time is threatening to take away things that we give people. Yeah, and then other countries will come in and take gifts from them. You try and take stuff away, and they just keep it for themselves. That's what happened. That's what's going to happen in China and Africa with all the the resources they have claimed over there, on all their land leases, all the factories they have over there. The moment that China starts calling up their debts and threatening these countries, they're just going to nationalize and keep it for themselves. But that's one of the reasons why we have so much power with Germany and with Japan is because we gave them a ton of money after World War II, and now they're our best friends. Same thing with South Korea. Is because we have such great trading partnerships with that, them. That's, that's a whole, why that was they're totally different geopolitics and economics. That was such a different time that we like, live what's in now. The, what's the difference between like building the offering to build them up if they give us what we want? Like we can offer to trade with them, and then if we do that, because they weren't our adversary, they weren't our adversary. China and Mexico are not our friends. Germany and Japan were defeated, crippled, and broke countries. I don't countries. think Mexico is necessarily our adversary at this point. If anything, they're the cartels, in, on the middle the ground. The cartels that run Mexico are adversary. The trade deals but that no, we no, make no. with Mexico like, do not help us. I wouldn't say that That government Mexico does not help us. That government is directly responsible for thousands of but Americans Mexico, being killed every Mexico year. Mexico and the cartels aren't synonymous. Like, you can empower the Mexican government while depowering the cartels. And if you empower the Mexican government, but that's how, can, how you how fight can you do the that? How can you do that when they work in harmony with each other? But they, they don't necessarily work in harmony with each other. That's one of the reasons why we were able to take El Chapo's son is because the Mexican army interfered. And, like, the, the Mexican cartels, like, shoot at the Mexicans' military planes. Like, there is a conflict between the Mexican obviously, government and obviously. the cartels. And so we need to empower the government to fight the cartels. Like, they have their own terrorists, so you want to empower the government to fight the cartels. But what happens, what happens, what happens when you empower the government, but it's actually empowering the cartels? 
Well, you don't want to. <laughs> uh, you don't want to do both. That's why you have to go after the cartels. I'm saying you go after the cartels. And but one you, of the reasons you, why it, you, you, know, you don't it, economically incentivize the country first. Wait, if you in, incentivize them to do legal industry, then less and less people will want to work in the cartels. If like, because one of the main re- ways to make money in, in Mexico is by working as a cartel because their industry is so shit. That's like less like in the inner cities. One of the reasons why people go and they work in the fucking drug gangs is because they see all these people. Oh, you're not going to get rich working at McDonald's, but I see this guy in my hood who's rich because he sells drugs. So why would I go and work at McDonald's when I can sell drugs and make more money? Like you have to give them an opportunity to make money that's not through the cartels, while at the same time fighting the cartels. So it's the carrot and the stick. Give them the carrot to get them away from the cartels, and the stick to say, all right, if you join the cartels, we're going to shoot you in the face. You give them both. And then, yeah, you send your own troops down there to fight the cartels. And if they just get a carrot from somebody else, they ignore you. You stick a needle in their back, they pay attention. It's both. But if you go ahead and say, go fuck yourself, Mexico, then that's just pushing them into China's arms. And they're already doing that right now. So you have to t- draw them out of China's arms. <laughs> they don't you want, want to. You, you want to be allies with Mexico and make them an enemy of China. That's not the case, though. It's not what we have in the 21st century, Eric. You're thinking what too you positively mean, what about What do you mean it? in the 21st century? You, people are willing to deal if you give them something that they want and ask for something in return. We've been That's trying to negotiate deals. with Mexico for decades now. The past few, with NAFTA, the new American trade deal, the new deal under Trump, and they just aren't compliant when it comes to the southern border, when it comes to upholding immigration laws, when it comes to dealing with our cartels and the violence down there, when it comes to cooperating with our, our government, when we have citizens that are trapped over there, they, they aren't cooperative and helpful towards us. I mean, obviously, this, this is, granted, this I'm taking all this to a logical extreme. Like, obviously, there's a lot more nuances well, and everything. I, like, I'm, I'm saying, taking this to a logical extreme for the sake of the argument, I think but he, my, I, my emphasis is that I don't believe providing incentives to Mexico will benefit us in regarding in regards to immigration. I think the U.S. needs to take a hardline approach. And but if, you don't think like if Mexico was a better place to live, more immigrants would want to stay there rather than coming to the U.S. Especially if you have a hard border policy. If you make it so that people want to stay in Mexico, then there's going to be less people who want to cross the border. Like, does that make sense? We also realize, I think you're also forgetting, majorities of immigrants are coming from Mexico. They're coming from Central yeah, American like, countries. It's even, but that's the same thing as like, if it's good to Honduras, stay in Mexico, even Ecuador. if they come from Honduras, if it's good to stay in Mexico, they'll be like, oh yeah, like this is good enough. I'll stay here. It's nice here. Why would I go ahead and cross the border when I could just stay here? Especially since it's a lot easier to get into Mexico than to get into America. Like if you, it, Mexico could function as a buffer. Of just catching everybody because everybody's attracted to Mexico versus like they go to, through Mexico and they're kicked out of America and they're stuck in a camp and they're like, well, I have a job in Mexico and like I kind of like it here. I speak the language and everybody doesn't hate me here. It's like that could work, right? Like, does that like does that not make sense? Don't happen. What happens when <laughs> it's just it's not solving the problem? Like, how is it not so like? I don't understand. Because there's still immigrants coming from Ecuador and everywhere else. Yeah, I but mean, they're coming into Mexico and they're sticking in Mexico, and then it's more of Mexico's problem with the what, illegal what, immigration. Mexico doesn't want to keep them; they just force them out. Well, I'm and saying then the people want the people want to stay in Mexico. You want to incentivize people to stay in Mexico rather than incentivize them to come over to America. And how do you incentivize them to stay in Mexico? By kicking out the cartels. 
to. Yeah, I'm saying we should. I'm saying we should them. fight the cartels, but at the same time, a major industry is the cartels. But if you have cheap industry which benefits us because we make money off cheaper products coming from Mexico, if you have if you build up industry there and give the people who are illegal immigrants coming to the U.S. for good jobs and for money, and you make it so that oh, there's a job here in Mexico, why don't I stay here? And now the Mexican government has to fight all these immigrants because now they have to kick them out. And so it's, we're taking our problem and we're saying, now it's Mexico's problem. Rather than just kicking them all out, building up all these border towns of people who hate their lives, they're just going to try and get into America again. Versus if you get them attracted to Mexico itself, then there's less of a problem for us. Nobody's attracted to Mexico because of cartels. And I know. That's so, we, so we agree on that. But that's what I'm saying is if you, okay, I'm saying we should fight the cartels. Cartels bad. That's our thumbs that's down. Our number one priority. That is our number one priority. Okay, fight the cartels. But like you're saying, you know, put in our own special forces. If you can partner with the Mexican government, not only will we then have partial Mexican resources fighting the cartels more, but then once we're partnered, we'll be able to enforce you, 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 what we you, want more. You're acting like, like no Republican candidate has said that's that not, they no, no, that's not what I'm saying. With the Mexican government. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, as our policy in general, like, just objective-wise, not speaking, like, in regards to, like, Republicans, but I'm saying, like, okay, the way to fix the Mexico issue, yes, defeat cartels, partner with the Mexican government to defeat cartels, and then we'll be able to watch the Mexican government more closely because they're our partners. We'll be able to spot corruption, and now that they're working with Americans, they're going to be like, oh, we're going to go do this for the cartel, and the Americans will be like, no, we're not going to fucking do that. And then at the same time, you're building up Mexico so people are less incentivized. If you have all these people immigrating from Mexico and they have jobs, or you have all these people going through Mexico and they can get yes, a job in that, Mexico. That, that's what you'd want from a geopolitical standpoint. You wouldn't want a built-up Mexico, but you wouldn't want that when there's cartels in the country. Well, that's why we're getting rid of the cartels. But you want that first. Why not do both at the same time? That's dangerous. Because what if I think it's hard. What what if what if a presidential candidate comes in and doesn't want U.S. involvement in Mexico? There's there's fatigue from Ukraine. We have a conflict in Taiwan. You pull resources from Mexico. Then you have a more economically developed Mexico that's not our friend that doesn't like us because we were involved there. You have cartels who are re-empowered, reinvigorated well, I think, uh, like, in our southern borders in chaos. I think there's well, okay, saying that Mexico's not our friend. I think once they see the benefits of the plan they're going to come over more to our side and that's another thing i know you're not you don't want to be allies with mexico but like no you're missing but, my point you're missing my point i know it, you're saying if you what if your resources up, get divert taken away midway through and now we have all these resources there and now they're not defended i understand what you're wait, saying wait, i'm saying it's, it's like afghanistan leaving that country the taliban and leaving them with our weapons our airplanes our helicopters our missiles our rocket launchers and leaving them empowered there and all the chaos but this is a different conflict than, than afghanistan but it's the same type of case if you were to build up mexico economically like we did in afghanistan and you what, left them what eco economy did we build up in mexico besides heroin production we didn't do anything for their economy i'm saying if you build up but you're saying it like we did that in Afghanistan, but we didn't build up the Afghanistan economy. What do you mean? We helped them rebuild infrastructure? We gave them billions of dollars in supply and aid? Of course we did. Dude, their economy is dog shit right it now. All they did was sell heroin. 
Eric, Eric, you, they you don't have they, especially Eric, compared to you can't, no, no, you can't, compared, simple, you can't simply the argument no, 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 that, you're, that you're little equating, we, you're we, equating we, Afghanistan to Mexico when the industry is completely different, right? It doesn't Afghanistan matter. Afghanistan is a bunch of rural it's the same tribes. Principle. It's versus money. The industry that already Eric, exists Eric, in Eric, Mexico. You're missing the principle here. I think you're missing the principle. You're like you're equating. You're saying, oh, you can't equate Germany to Mexico. Meanwhile, you're equating Afghanistan to Mexico. Eric, this whole argument, this whole argument is on the premise of giving a carrot on a stick to Mexico. That's the whole principle. And that's exactly what we did in Afghanistan. That's we not what we did in Afghanistan. Eric, Eric, are you serious right now? We Afghanistan is not the same industrially as Mexico is, period. Eric, what? We didn't. We don't have trade relationships with Afghanistan. We already have enormous trade relationships with Eric, Mexico. Eric, At Mexico's economy Eric, is way bigger than Afghanistan is. It's the same principle, Eric. How many billions of dollars do we give Afghanistan? I don't know. How many tens of billions to hundreds okay. of billions of dollars? <laughs> and now the Afghanistan is a threat in the Middle East, and they have a modernized military. Courtesy of the U.S. I'm that's because that we left American resources over there. We I left military saying, resources. I'm bringing that same principle to Mexico. No, no, no. I'm saying that's not what we're gonna do in Mexico. I'm saying. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. What if we pull out? No, you're not listening to me. Yeah, I am. You're not listening to me. You said my my analogy was not applicable. It's not it, applicable. It is. This is all right. This is this is what it is. This is what it is. Mexico, Mexico's industry is different than Afghanistan's it industry. It doesn't matter if the industry is different. It's the same principle. Carrot on a stick. Same principle, Eric. Carrot on a stick. It's money. It's, it's money. It's money on a stick. It's the same thing. It's different. <laughs> because, okay, like, you're saying the problem, right? We have, we gave them a, a new military, right? You don't give them, you don't give them the same military resources. ask you this. Incentive. Incentive. Is money an incentive? Yes, money is an incentive. Was the money we gave to Afghanistan an incentive? Yes, it was an incentive. If we were to go into Mexico and help build them up economically, do more business there, offshore more resources there and jobs, is that money? It's money, but you're, they're is not that equivalent. Incentive? But they're not equivalent. Is that incentive? I'm asking you. It's an incentive, but is it's a different incentive. That's an incentive. Are those both incentives, <laughs> Eric? They are, but I'm saying they're not equivalent. Yes or no? They are not equivalent. Are those both incentives? No, you're, you're, no, no, it's, you're, Eric, I'm asking. Uh, they are not the same thing. I understand kidding, what you're trying to say, but they're two different <laughs> incentives. I'm saying, I'm saying you're, you're, you're trying to trap me in this argument, which is, it is illogically are they, are they incorrect. Bo- are they both incentives? Nathan, Dealing with money. Nathan, Nathan. <laughs> it's just a yes or no question. You'd be a politician. It's a yes or no. You are equating two things which are not equivalent. Are we they, we did they, not build up Afghanistan's industrial centers. We did not. We did. Build, we, we did rebuilt, not, we did we not rebuilt invest, their cities. We did not we, invest in Afghanistan as though we were going to invest, we did invest in, in Afghanistan. What we did is we, we tried to build up their in, government. We tried to make sure that terrorism was was reduced. That's what we did in Afghanistan. We didn't build up their industry because they don't have any industry. We Afghanistan helped, we helped, doesn't manufacture we helped, we, anything. We helped rebuild their cities after ISIS. We rebuilt their cities after fighting with the Taliban. We, we rebuilt but, economic but, but structures. But there was no industry. There was no industry in Afghanistan. Of course they have saying, industry. What, does, what do Even, they do? What does Afghanistan do? They, they Industrially. They, they probably drill oil. They have whatever small industries they have. Uh, the... 
the whatever my new industries that they have, they're de- they have trade with China, they trade with other Middle Eastern countries. But like, okay, you know how like right Afghanistan, it's very mountainous. They don't have any like besides I think there's like Kabul. You're, they don't. You're, but, no, no, you're no, simplifying no, no. Afghanistan when this no, this I'm country to, has I'm, real developed cities. You're treating it like no, no, a rice no, field. No, 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 it is no, not no, a no, rice listen, field. Listen, listen, listen. I, I don't want to like this is going into an argument. I don't want this to be an argument. I want it to be a regular conversation. So I just want to go through it step by step. So we work out the details first. Before we make the large decisions, try to make everybody happy-go-lucky, okay? We're friends. We're buddies. Relax. It's just frustrating. I'm using logic, too. I'm using logic. You're frustrating me at the same time because you're trying to get me to agree to points, which I don't agree with, and that's where the differences are coming. I showed you logically they're both incentives. You son of a bitch. (laughs) You son of a bitch. You agreed. No, no. Okay, this is is what I'm talking about is like, all right, Afghanistan – Industrially isn't as built up as Mexico. Okay. Can we? Okay. okay yeah. Okay. okay. No, no, no. no. Yes. Don't, don't yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Motherfucker. Chill. Chill. Yo. Chill. Have a brain pill if you want one. <laughs> Relax. Have some water. Relax. Relax. We're buddies. Come touch my hand. Touch it. Touch it. Touch it. Oh, you got some moist hands. Okay. I was not expecting this much of an argument. Okay. Afghanistan. Their economy is different from Mexico. Can we at least agree on that? Yes. Okay. The work that was done in Mexico, why did like or in Afghanistan? Why did we go over to Afghanistan? Terrorists. Terrorists, right? Which I don't even really think. Why we go to Mexico? Terrorists, cartels, terrorists. Are they both in sentence we're talking about? Yes. Slow down. Slow down. No, 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 no. Is there an analogy? Yes. Nathan. Nathan. Chill. Chill. So. Afghanistan is not a trading partner like Mexico is. Afghanistan doesn't have any major industries. They don't have giant industrial centers. Their main export is poppy for heroin, which went up with the U.S. being there. So you could argue that we built up their economy that way. But the main thing we went over there to do was fight terrorism, which we failed at. And now the Taliban, which is the major terrorist cell, took over Afghanistan. Excuse me. But they don't have any, like giant industrial force that we would want and we're so far away that they they don't have an immigration problem going on either but in mexico we're already trading with them with industry we already have industry built up in mexico and now they have something that's fighting the government similar to the taliban that is the cartels and so we want to go in there and yes fight the cartels but at the same time you want to make incentivize people away from going into the cartels. And one of the reasons why people go into the Taliban is because they're so disenfranchised and they feel like, oh, my country is war-torn or whatever because of the US and because there's no good jobs out there. And so they go into these radical ideas. A lot of the ways people do that in America with radical ideas. So you wanna incentivize people not to join the cartels. And the way you do that is by building up industry. Did you listen to any of that or are you just on your phone? I listened to all that. You. You maintain the interests of people to live in Mexico by improving their infrastructure, keep people disinterested from the cartel, and have uh, other options of life. And they're not equivalent to Afghanistan, though. What I was just reading about was how many billions of dollars we put into Afghanistan, (laughs) rebuilding their economic infrastructure and investing in industry there. $145 billion going into Afghanistan, rebuilding their government ministries, economic infrastructure, buildings, factories, and jobs, and training people for univer- training 
managers, training teachers, training people for the workforce, $145 billion. And it was one of the biggest backfires in US history. Now I'm saying is, I think that's applicable to Mexico. And it's a very compelling analogy. So you don't think building them up economically will work? I think it would I think I think it would work. I think it would work in unison with with um this is what I agree with you. I think it would work. You you invest in the Mexico you invest in Mexico, you make them a one all the jobs in offshore in China and everything, offshore to Mexico, to your neighbor, right next door. But at the same time, at the same time, you go after the cartels and you make the government work with you. That's what I was saying. But my issue is we don't live in an idealistic world. My my concern is that you have finicky U.S. foreign policy. Because the U.S. foreign policy for the past 300 years they've had it, it's always been finicky. Our support for England, our support for France, wishy-washy, our support for organizations like NATO, Trump wanting to pull out when that's something we founded, you know. U.S. foreign policy is known for how fickle it's been. It's only in the past 30 years where it's really become more solidified and not so funny. But my point is... Setting aside Afghanistan. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying is, you have the case in point of Afghanistan. What, what if we, in four years, a global recession, mm. China cuts trade ties. We, we cut trade ties with China, the whole world's going to global recession. You have global recession. You have Russia being a threat in Europe. You have China trying to take Taiwan. If you have all this going on, you don't want the resources to be diverted mm. to Mexico, and you're building them up, you're essentially building up a failed state like the Taliban, where you have a government in control that's not friendly towards you, mm. and with powerful cartel members there. That is the concern. That is the concern. No, that's a good concern. I, I think you're right. It's, but it's how like what other options are there, and how do you make it? Because I think, like the other like, options, the other <laughs> options are, you take a year or a year and a half, and the U.S. government because we think about these cartels, we know where most of these guys are. We know where most of them are based. We just there's not touchable because. These Mexican cartels, they threaten government officials, they threaten judges, they threaten citizens and stuff. They're untouchable. But that's how they, they can find people like Pablo Escobar. That's why we, we know where so many of these people are. We, we have the intel. If, you, if U.S. forces were to act upon this intel in Mexico and, and eliminate these cartels within a year, and then you, make, you, you support the Mexican government, and then you implement some more... Some more treaties and laws and stuff favorable towards the, US, the Mexican government after you've eliminated that threat. But I, valid. I think there's two problems with that, and one I don't think it's as easy as one year because it much like oh you'd be like, surprised. Well, I think you'd it's be similar surprised. to saying like the Taliban or saying like the Vietnamese. It's very much like one we're playing on their turf, but two it can become. We, uh, but if you bulk, if if you cut the head off of the snake. I think two more heads are going to appear because they're very much like these things like like one of the things that's going on with the cartels right now is after we got rid of El Chapo now there's a lot of infighting in his cartel and now it's kind of becoming fractionalized and so I think if you go after these cartels looking at them like giant sort of companies almost there's going to be a lot of like small business things go balkanization if you will of you're not going to be able to take it out like one big entity. You, you, it's going to split over, up. You overestimate the capability of of these cartels. They are vulnerable. They are weak, but they have 
they're untouchable. That's the issue. I think you you unleash military power on them, and they will be stopped. I think like I think even if you stop them at bra- like. Even if you go and you kill like the top leadership or whatever, it's not the top leaders. You wipe out all these cartels. You clean sweep. You burn but down. What's these- to say that they won't come back afterwards after you're gone? Because the Mexican government will have the power and the support to prevent that. That's the difference. But what if you lose the support, like you were saying? Like the whole you- thing is contingent on having continuous support from the U.S. No, it's not. Not continue. No, you just. This is where you tr- yeah. like you're saying. Now, now like, you're saying now you exterminate, you, and then you have you have to build up the Mexican government enough so that they can keep the keep. That's the exactly away. it. That's exactly it. that's what these presidential candidates are talking about. I don't think I don't think that's what like, think tanks talk about. That's exactly what people have in mind. I that's what the that's what the Biden administration wanted for Afghanistan. That's what the Trump administration wanted for Afghanistan. You build them up, you give them the capability to stop drug traffickers and terrorists, and you and you pull out and you let them be a self-sustaining government. But like you the said, Taliban like in wasn't. Afghanistan that failed. That failed. That's why we don't want that to happen. Oh, we'll be right back. We'll All right, detour. we're back. Nathan's getting sick. But I don't like. I think they're similar in that, like, the the ability to go now, in. Oh, and, now and they're similar. Oh, they're no, no, similar. No, 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 he no, no, said no, no. it. He said it, folks. You, you heard it here, folks. You were, <laughs> <laughs> he got himself in a web. You're arguing for the bad policy that were that the bad policy in Afghanistan. Now you're saying there's going to be good policy in Mexico of going to exterminate everybody, build up the government, but and the, it'll be but, fine. But they're going to. It's the, going to happen the just problem, like the Taliban. The problem is, we knew that the government in Afghanistan wouldn't be able to. You know, function without U.S. support. But they're, of course, the Mexican government's going to be able to function. Like, what's up? If you're you're saying they're equivalent, that, that's what, that's what the hope is. That's what the hope is. I'm sure it was the that's, hope that's, in that's Afghanistan. What the, that's what the goal though. is. So what? So what? Your emphasis is that we stayed in Afghanistan forever, a forever war. That every that every no, US, that like ninety saying- percent U.S. citizens don't support. That's what you want from Mexico. No, <laughs> that, that's saying- what Eric. I'm. Si- Fuck, why'd you say my last name? <laughs> you dumbass. Alright, 59 seconds in recording. You stupid ass. <sighs> Motherfucker. So, what I'm saying is that Mexico is different from Afghanistan. That's why different policies will work. One is we have the industrial base is able, is a lot more powerful. There's a bigger seed there. I'm saying we go after the cartels. Yes, but I don't think it's going to be a one-year-and-done situation. I think it's going to take a lot longer than that in order to get rid of them because they're so built in. They're in every single little hole in Mexico. It's not just like, oh, you go to the corporate office and burn it down. It's much like going to Vietnam and trying to extinguish the Viet Cong. You have all these people. It's their territory, and it's super easy for them to hide. So you know what I think should be done? What I truly think should be done, Eric? What? I think we should annex Mexico. I don't. I don't think so. I think annex Mexico, make Puerto Rico and Mexico our fifty-first and fifty-second state. All of Mexico is going to be one state. <laughs> They're all the same. Mexico. You know, we can, we can, we can keep the, the the states Mexico has right now. They have like what nine, eleven states or something. Uh, who cares? Well, one by one, we'll make it. We'll make them states. We'll make Puerto Rico a state. We'll annex Cuba and make Cuba a state. I think there's going to be some countries that have problems with that. <laughs> what? A, Cuba have a problem with it? You okay. don't want to build up Mexico, you just want to take them over. That's, sure, that's that's the ultimate solution. I mean, I think, okay, at least we agree on getting rid of the cartels. Yes. I think it's going to be harder with than mili- you think with it is. With military intervention. But 
if you if you at least i mean that's kind of building up mexico in a way and aiding the government's power but right we want to win them away from china well think about it, i think a lot of mexicans would like to be part of the u.s government they would get social security they get medicaid you would get but the governments i don't think would want it because of all the corruption money that they get from the cartels yeah, but i think that'd be so interesting though if you have the mexican populace have a vote to be part of the u.s i think the majority would, i don't know i can't i can't i, can't I think say. there's a lot of nationalism and i think like there's been such animosity between mexico and the u.s throughout all of our history that's that debatable though this you know this there's Americans that love Mexico, Mexico Mexicans that love America. I mean, I think it's I think it's debatable. I mean Puerto Rico uh, Puerto Rico I mean obviously because you know the part of America they want to become a state. Yeah, but that's because they're getting boned <laughs> by the fact that they're a territory. I think if they could be their own country, they would probably go for it. At least the Puerto Ricans, maybe not the um, quote-unquote Americans in Puerto Rico, if you will. Not that they're not Americans, blah 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 technicality. I, I think though if, if I don't know, I can't I can't say this. But I, w- I would be very interested to see if Mexicans were given the chance to vote for Mexican and American citizenship, and they see the benefits of American citizenship. Ah, uh, I mean, Pension, I think the votes so for security. yes by the border. Like, I think you'd see a lot of votes for yes by the border. <laughs> but that I think is because a lot of people are trying you, to get over to America. I don't know. You might, might have the majority of people, you know, say yes. You'd be surprised. I, I really don't think I so. I think you'd be surprised. I really. It's like asking Canada to do that. I think a lot of people can't like I. I think there's so much nationalism there that they're like, no, you know, like it's, I, I don't think it would go over. But anyways, so setting aside Mexico and all the fun policy that's going on around there, what else, back to the debate anyways. Apparently the biggest issue of 21st century is terrorism and the southern border. I mean, I, would you, I mean, it's not classical terrorism. At least in like the fact that it's not based in an ideology, it's just based on money. Yeah. So that was all about at the end of the day. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it's not. I'm curious as to what if we were to fight against China, at least politically or policy wise, when it comes to the fentanyl chemicals, how much that would reduce the strength of the Mexican cartels, and would that well, partially solve no, the not, problem? Not really, because the fentanyl has only really become a thing in the last five or six years. And the drug trafficking trade has been, and it's always been cocaine, heroin, heroin. Well, stuff. I wonder what happened in Colombia because their cartels have been reduced a drastic amount. And it's not like people aren't doing cocaine well, anymore. There was, there was a war on drugs there. A lot of them were wiped out, big time by the government. Big time by the government. So working with the government, yes. we can we can get rid of the cartels. Yes, bingo. But I also think it's useful to build up in the industry. Well, we're gonna get into the big fucking thing in Mexico all over again. Anyways, um, I don't know. Okay, so education. Should, should we go back to the candidates here? Yeah, I guess we can go back to the candidates. I don't even remember what we were talking about. <laughs> we, the, the last thing we got to were the tiers. Um, yeah. Would you I agree mean, with my tier? Do you agree with my tier? Uh, I, I, I think I would put, maybe it's because I like him. I want to put Chris Christie in his own little tier. Like, there's a top three. There's Nikki. Well, top four, I guess. I don't know if I would put, like, Pence, Christie, and Haley, I would put as their own tier, and then Ramaswamy and uh, DeSantis, I would put as the top tier because, like, they have like they have more than ten percent of people in the Republican Party like them. Versus like Pence and Christie and Haley, I think Pence and Haley have more than Christie, but they're all kind of like mid tier. 
Tim Scott has a lot of the Republican Party money. He's he got a lot, lot of money. He's, he's got a lot of money. He's got a lot of percent. But I just don't see him standing out enough to really beat so, up where. So Pence is. you would change the tier to DeSantis and Vivek on top, and then yeah. and then a second tier: Haley, Christie, and Pence. Mm-hmm. And under that, Scott. And then under that, no, no, I put Scott with Bergam and, okay. and Hutchinson. Okay, because I really like. I think Scott is just money. He nobody really gives a shit about Scott. <laughs> Nobody cares. He's the same thing. He's just got more money. Haley, uh, from what I heard, is like Haley was the same thing of like people just give her a lot of money. That's the only reason why she has a presence. But now after the debate, I think she's coming off as the moderate. And then also, the you know, the woman wow factor, which I don't know that that's as important in the Republican Party as it was in the Democratic Party. But I think Break it's definitely something. Ceiling. Yeah. I mean, but it's definitely a factor, I would say, because there's obviously women in the Republican Party. Oh, please don't. <laughs> um, but, yeah, her, Pence, and Christie. I think, by and large, people don't like Christie. Um, just in general, I don't know exactly why. It's because of this whole Trump thing. Yeah, it's because he's anti-Trump. Same, I guess, same thing. Well, they're all anti. At the end of the day, uh, to a certain extent, I mean, the, Vivek is pro-Trump. Vivek is pro-Trump. DeSantis is just net He's neutral. trying to keep his he, mouth he, shut. He, he, he's thrown some jabs at... He at, agreed with Mike Pence, but very begrudgingly, very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I got no beef. I got no beef. Let's <laughs> get so, no beef anyways. That was so funny. <laughs> but, you see, clearly against him, Asa Hutchinson and... And Chris Christie were the only two to really come at him. Maybe it's coming at Trump. Yeah, yeah. Just. Uh, I mean, I think Christie a lot more. Well, no, no a, Hutchinson, a, Isa yeah. Hutchinson literally said Trump was not qualified. Yeah, he was disqualified from the presidency. That's true. And he was the only one to, to ask everybody in the debate stage. You know, would you promise not to vote in a felon or whatever? Yeah. And I think Haley said before that she would vote in whoever was a nominee. So yeah, she was saying like leave it to the people. I think almost everybody except Asa raised their hand when they said like if Trump was uh, like made the candidate, would you vote for him or support and him? To the audience, I really, really did not like how they were all defensive about the competency com- competency test. Mm. I really did not like that. That sounded like some behind the scenes. I don't know about see the competency yeah, I, test. I, I, is... I, I, I like Pence saying that all of Congress needed it, but then saying no, you know, we don't really need it. No, he's he's right. You shouldn't, you know. Well, I think there's room for abuse with the test like that. That's true. That's it's kind of like the like tests they would give out at polls. It's not exactly the same, but you know, like they would have it where it was based on people who go to certain schools, and so it was meant to like keep black voters out because they don't know vocabulary. Yeah, like what, what, what like if a president who like one of the requirements is you have to be able to jump rope or you can't be president. Yeah. And the president's like jacked but just like can't yeah. jump rope. Physical requirements is like I don't know that like there are like a lot of fat old politicians. I don't know that that's necessary. But even, even like a competency, competency test. But there's stuff like, like Tourette's syndrome where sometimes you just can't process numbers and everything. Like do you, would you disqual- yeah. disqualify a president during because they I had a test? I think it, it could be subject to abuse. That's why I'm against it. The, there's, there's part of me that really likes it and then part of me it says uh, to me it's like if you're diagnosed with dementia no yeah. <laughs> but then it's like alright you get a couple bad doctors who don't like a candidate I mean, get them to diagnose them with dementia there's a, there's a president right now who could yeah. potentially have dementia I mean, same thing you have a bunch of bad doctors who are like no he's perfectly fine meanwhile That's he's crazy. just like fucking drooling That's on the floor <laughs> so I, yeah I don't know but I don't think it's 
like like Pence was saying, let the American people decide. I think they should decide. But I think one of the reasons why Biden got elected, even though he's fucking incompetent, is one because it was anti-Trump, but two out of everybody just in the Democratic primary. One of the things that was super uncompetitive was they went and had people call other candidates and ask them to to back out because Bernie was going to win. And so they just had everybody else back out of the race. So then it was basically Biden versus Bernie, and that's why Biden won. Bernie got screwed two election cycles. Bernie in got a row. screwed. Bernie should two. have been the Democratic candidate last. He could have last won election. Too. I yeah yeah. yeah. Because, mm, I don't know because the moderates, moderates the moderates. It's 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 interesting. It's interesting, but feel the burn. You know, he never got never got a chance to. And just listening to him because he was on like the Joe Rogan podcast and listening to him, it was kind of like. This guy's not crazy. Like he, he sounds like a his, genuine guy, but yeah. I could never ever support that. Yeah, some of I mean, when you, when, when, are, when you, you talked about you know the bread lines being good in Cuba, you know, I didn't hear that, but that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, him, I, him just being so friendly towards what's going on in Cuba is something that always mm. turned me off. Damn. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Like, but candidate-wise, at least for the Republicans. He seemed genuine, though. He, ge- he seemed genuine. He though. does, and that's it's like a lot of people are like, oh my god, you like that communist. But it's like, he seems like a good guy, and like, he's not unreasonable in his policies. Like, I think when it comes to like healthcare, the case he makes, where, while the implication or, or, or implementation might be bad, at least the case he makes about the money that's wasted in the healthcare system and the way that it's predatory, I agree with. I think the healthcare system is fucked. Insurance companies are fucked. I think fucked. everybody agrees with that. Everybody agrees with that. Oh, and the con- he said just Bernie said some crazy stuff about Cuba, but he said one of the things he said is um, you know, there's a lot of um, folks in Cuba who are illiterate, and you know, Fidel you know put in a good literacy program and made the majority of the country literate. It's like what what person couldn't do that? Like what person <laughs> couldn't make a literacy program good? It's just the absurdity of. You know, giving any sort of praise to the Fidel revolution is just absurd, mm. absurd. And he's never walked back his comments saying the truth is the truth. It's just I mm, see. I don't know. That's, like, that's the commie in While him. I'm while I'm against Fidel, obviously, I guess it's like credit where credits due. I mean, anybody could have done <laughs> yeah, it. Anybody could have done it. And like you said, anybody could have done it. But like, it's the person who did it that gets the credit. But yeah, the majority of countries like starving. The, yeah. the wages are horrible. I mean, it's like you could say like Mao Zedong was great for nationalism in China. <laughs> yeah, sure. But he was bad overall. I think if he had the caveat of, like, Fidel's a piece of shit, but he did good with literacy, maybe that would have made it a bit more palatable. I don't know. Because it's like, okay, giving, acting like Fidel's a good guy, no. Yeah, he's like, no. He's just giving his communist brother a tap on the shoulder, you know? Yeah, but it's like, okay, like, if you're going to say at least he did one thing right, <laughs> like, uh, like I, I guess. So Mao Zedong, you know, he developed China, he made it an industrialized country, but he killed thirty million, fifty like, million, and that people, wasn't even Mao Zedong. That was Deng Xiaoping when he opened it up to fucking capitalism. <laughs> so it's like, uh, but I don't like. I guess credit where credit is due is like, okay, if he was good for literacy. Okay. I mean, Hitler developed, you know, Germany's military credit. Great for German science. <laughs> Great. But at the same time, he's Hitler. So I guess if you add that caveat with the Fidel, he's still Fidel. I was like, okay. Fine, still Hitler. Bernie. Still. Fine, Bernie. Uh, I don't know. But back to the can it's like, okay, who do you think has a real opportunity to defeat Trump? I mean, at this point, I think by Nobody. and large, people are saying it's impossible. How do you fix that, though? 
Because personally, I don't want Trump to win. Trump would need to be disqualified through the 14th Amendment. <sighs> I don't know. It's, it's like, how do you... You need that wow factor, and nobody has that wow factor. It's not even that they don't have the wow factor. I think some of them, without Trump in the race, would have a wow factor. But it's it's Trump's race But that's what I mean. Win. Like, how do you get something that is, is it puts you over the top, that makes you sexy to everybody? There's nobody. There's nobody. I don't know. Like... I think DeSantis is the only one with that potential. Because, like, Christie, I think he, like, people are just so burnt out on him, it's not, it's never going to happen. You, you, know, you know what you need? You know what you need? You need somebody. You need somebody like Elon Musk. Um, he can't run, but you need an Elon Musk type personality out of nowhere. Somebody fa- you, need, you need someone like The Rock Johnson. Dwayne the Rock. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I know what you mean. You need someone like Dwayne the Rock Johnson to enter the campaign as a Republican and completely shift the dynamics. So you're saying nobody already there is impossible? No. no. Because I would say maybe Haley too. I think maybe because she's polling like two, three percent. I think she's gonna go up after this, dude. It doesn't like she'll she'll go up third behind DeSantis, and DeSantis will still be forty points behind Trump. I think I think if you can build up because like I'm pretty sure in the beginning of 2016 Trump wasn't the number one candidate right Ben Carson was leading the pack and then it's Trump wild. just Trump that's just wild. built and built and built no, and that's it like was, uh, maybe it people was, are saying it was, about it was, DeSantis it was, it was Jeb Bush Carson and Trump were in the front and then no Ted Cruz it was yeah Jeb Ted Bush Ted Cruz and Carson. Trump but when the, when the primaries actually started it was. Trump, Ted Cruz, and yeah. Carson. So Car- there's Carson. still time. It's just what are you gonna do? Because like it, like the way Haley came out, is she seemed one. She seemed very. She was very moderate, but she was also aggressive Dude, at the same time. There's no way of beating a, beating a, Trump. A, a Republican president. He was a president. He was. He's. He's too included in people's memories. But he, like, he's, like he's, he's, dude, you have majority of the Republican Party that doesn't even know there's more than three candidates. They don't know the names of anybody else. It doesn't I matter. I heard in polls that polls only polling or polls only polling. Trump's only polling at forty percent. But the thing is that forty that forty percent. There's no. There's not gonna be like oh a ten percent split towards DeSantis, a ten percent split towards Haley. That forty percent is for Trump, only Trump. Yeah. And will never even look away from Trump. No, and we discussed this earlier. Is like somebody needs to take over everything else. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So if you had a race. If there's any chance, that's okay. If you wanted a chance to dethrone Trump, it's only two candidates, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Two candidates. Two candidates. DeSantis or Haley? And Not it, Ramaswani. No. Ramaswani. Him over Trump? He is Trump. Trump's the best president of the 21st century. Yeah. <laughs> Trump will have that on every single. Okay. This, this is how you yeah, know. Yeah, Ramaswamy endorses Trump. There you go. Boom, like. <laughs> That's how you yeah. know this whole art, this whole debate. You know, the more thing about it, the debate's more ridiculous than I thought in terms of Vivek. Because Trump can plaster on every campaign ad if it was him versus Vivek. Best president of the 21st century, courtesy of Vivek. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> endorsed by... It's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So Vivek one one would never... Would even All the racists in the party wouldn't, wouldn't even yeah. bat an eye at him. It would be between DeSantis and Trump or Haley and Trump. And it, I, I, I still don't see... I don't see... I mean, 
The only reason Maybe I'm really Haley. saying Maybe Haley, Haley right now is because of her performance, especially as a moderate. I think De- DeSantis presents as, like I said, like he is Trump, but like in a suit. You know, he is polite. He is he is a governor. He acts. You know, he's got the political chops, but he doesn't. Or you know what I mean? He has the experience, but it's you know if. Debate-wise, if you have DeSantis directly debate Trump, he's going to get lit yeah, up. Yeah, he's going to get slaughtered. Slaughtered. So Whereas what, Haley, Haley would stand her ground. She would stand her ground, but, but I so mean, she's compared not, to Trump, though, especially okay. with his... Nobody was throwing you're right. zingers you, You're at right. Actually, you're right. Chris Christie would be the only one to be able to stand his ground against Trump. Yeah. He would be the only one. And, and he's never going to win. Oh, this would be bad. Pence versus Trump. Oh, <laughs> I could... It's gonna be it's gonna be just like fucking Ted Cruz versus Trump though. Pence is gonna be up there looking square at shit, and then Trump's gonna say some crazy shit. He's gonna be like, "Don't be so rude." Trump's gonna say, "This is my little buddy. This is my little buddy uh, yeah. uh, Pence. Look at all of our text messages. Yeah. Him loving me. Look, look, look at all this. It just be no. There would be no argument between the two. It'd just be all in favor of Trump. It had to be somebody that's. The only way for someone to beat Trump is if they stand, stand, con- if they stand in stark contrast to him, and enough people want that. They need to be. They need to have zingers, but be more professional. And he's like Haley. She said it herself. She didn't really approve of the January six Mike Pence things. At least she she very slightly agreed with it. Or talking about um, letting the people decide whether Trump should be reelected or not, mm. versus Hutchinson saying no, he's disqualified. She she's left that too open and vulnerable mm. like you're not gonna win appealing to trump's base you're gonna win appealing to everybody because i think a lot of candidates some of them have chosen a side between backup candidate and then fighting trump candidate but i think a lot of them are trying to play both yeah and it's like yeah. you're not gonna win either at that, yeah, at that to, point you have to pick one or the other if ron was able to have if, if he just had a different personality completely if he was just able to Take a fucking stand-up improv class and just have zingers, then boom, he could win. But he has no like personality to defeat Trump's personality. They need, they need, they need to pick a hill to die on. They either die opposing Trump or you fully yeah, you fully support him. But you got to pick a hill to die on. And I think you might be able to like if Trump isn't an option and you present policies that are largely in line with him. Even if you come out against him, I think there's still a case to be made for people are going to say. Even though he came out against Trump, Trump's not an option. I'm gonna they, vote they, for that they guy. Won't, they won't look at that. Well, if, if Trump is in jail, if he dies, if he croaks, he has a stroke, whatever. People are like people are just going to see Biden out of office. They will not. They won't. They won't. They won't. If it's Chris Christie who's the main mm. candidate, Trump dead a year from now, and can't, Christie's a candidate. Republicans are not. I don't think they're going to look at the fact that he opposed Trump. I just don't think they are. But I'm saying like Trump is disqualified. It's DeSantis versus Ramaswamy. Who the kiss ass for Trump versus the guy who's blatantly against Trump. But when you look at how they're speaking, like I think people would choose DeSantis possibly. It's yeah. it's, it's, it's really a maybe. No, but they like, think DeSantis over. Yeah, because Trump. he's so professional and experienced, and he largely is agreeing policy wise. I think it's good for him to go against Trump because even, you know, you should go against, fight Trump in case he's going to be a candidate. But if he's not the candidate, I think people are still going to pick you regardless of if you are anti-Trump. Yeah, I think one thing to note is how all the candidates who are the most ahead haven't pledged any support to Ukraine. Every candidate on the cream of the crop, Mm. on the top, 
has not pledged support to Ukraine. I mean, Haley and DeSantis, or I mean, DeSantis was like trying to, no, she was fighting against DeS- Ramaswamy about, about going with Ukraine, about supporting I, that's Ukraine. That's what I'm saying, though. V- Vivek is against, DeSantis is ambiguous, and Trump's ambiguous, and they're all ahead of the pack. Haley is not ahead of the pack. Mm. And she oppo- she supports funding Ukraine. But all the people who are ahead of the pack are very ambiguous of the support for Ukraine. And that's intentional. I don't know that like I don't know that Ukraine policy is necessarily what's what's selling it for people though. It, no, that's that's critically important for some people. Some mm. people are basing their vote on whether or not you'll support Ukraine. I mean, yeah. I, I think by and large I would say most Republicans are against supporting Ukraine, but that's just not seen in the politicians just because like i guess the election just hasn't been quick enough to account for that you know and we haven't updated our politicians based on that kind of because policy after after you get through primaries you still have to appeal mm-hmm. to the moderates and the and democrats to win yeah and so you can't just all right and that's another thing i don't think ramaswamy can win in the general yeah, there's he no can't. shot there's no shot i don't know that trump can win in the general if it's gonna be fucking biden v trump again though he's <laughs> I think it's so crazy is all these people say Trump can never get reelected. But that's what they said in 2016. Like 2020, people thought he was going to win again. Mm. Like I, th- I, I thought he was going to I thought it was going to happen again. But in 2024, the only reason I say he could win is she's a house spiteful. It seems like the Justice Department is against him mm. and how that can come across come across to independents and moderates. At the end of the day, it comes down to them. Does you know? But like looking at what Trump said about the election, I mean the constitution, which I feel like it's super overlooked. The fact that he was saying suspend yeah. the constitution yeah. is That's insane. Horrible. To me. That That's put horrible. me off on Trump completely. I'm like, all right, I you were okay before, but now no. Especially with what you're saying about the election, because I believe the election is not false or whatever the fuck you want to say. I think the election happened, he lost, and now he's saying all this crazy, frankly, anti-democratic, little d democratic, as they say. He's trying to fucking usurp the presidency. No. No, 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 no. I'm 100% against that. And I think most moderates are going to be against that too. Even if Joe Biden is shit, it's going to be the same question again of, do you want a dead man or do you want a fucking crazy guy who's trying to usurp the election? And people are going to pick the dead man. I... The best I'm, I'm thing very, that could happen is if Joe Biden dies, like, uh, depending on, you know, it, the best thing that could happen is the Democrats have a primary and he's not made the candidate because if he dies, Kamala's president, and they were double boned, but like, one thing that I, fuck, <laughs> I wouldn't want to see, I'd be very interested in is what a second Trump presidency would look like. What oh would God. that look like? Ah, uh, who knows what he'd do? Pull out of NATO? Would he? Would he? Yeah, because then he doesn't give a shit. Then he doesn't need re-election. Yeah, exactly. And uh, half the country hates and, him. And him, he would go out. He probably go like. There's some things I would like, like him going after the FBI and CIA or something like that. But dude, I think he would. He would be so vengeful. Oh my goodness! That what would be if, crazy. And if a war breaks out, like a, if Taiwan is invaded. Or what, what something, what, what changes in Ukraine? Well, Trump, Trump opposes China big time, so... Yeah, but, like, a hot war in Taiwan is... That's a big question. Because a lot of people... I, I think a lot of people at home are like, I, there's no way I'm going to send my son to go fight in Taiwan. But then a lot of people are like, no, we need to defend Taiwan. Just, like, not only just for chips, but also just for, like, China's control overall. So it's like... I, 
you know, are you going to be able to convince the American people well, to fight good thing. another war on foreign territory? Well, it's a good thing now that we're building, like, megaton, like, all these chip factories in the U.S. Yeah. That's really important. I, thanks, Biden. <laughs> <laughs> That's his act, bro. Chip's act, man. Hey, gotta give credit where credit's due, bro. I don't know. Or his staff, at least. Give his staff credit. <laughs> Dude, hear about that thing Chris Christie said, though, about Hunter Biden, like, the whole... Fake license oh, yeah. fire. No. Dude, that is crazy. Like all, like it's okay. You know, if you're just the average Joe, not the average Joe, but if you just don't read the news or whatever, not you don't, you're easily influenced by whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. If you see Trump being prosecuted on all of these charges, mm-hmm. and then you see the sitting president, his son, getting away with everything, like. I would, I would be furious and well i think they, crazy. i think they switched that up because he was gonna have a plea deal where he Dude, didn't yeah. serve anything but n- now they were that it fell through it fell through which thank fucking goodness no he should be in jail the, the no but the, 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 but the prosecutor who's in charge of the case i'm pretty sure is still lenient towards buying it i don't know the exact reasons of why it fell through mm. but it's not it's not He's not, not definitely going to jail. It's not that it fell through against his favor, from my understanding. I mean, I think it. I think it did to a certain extent. Of now, he has to go through a trial at least. I don't. Yeah, I don't think yeah. it's a you know a hole in one. He's fucking going to jail. I'm yeah. very skeptical about that. What I'm. This is like conspiracy theory, but I think there's some kind of relation between like Biden's dealing in Ukraine and the fact that we're supporting them so much. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm getting the contrary. I mean, you think it's crazy that you know. <laughs> but like at the same time, I mean, because one, 2014, they invaded Crimea, nobody batted an eye, and now all of a sudden it's a big problem. Although now it's like an existential to Ukraine's government, and I understand wanting them to be a buffer to NATO. But isn't that the whole point of them being a buffer is that they can take the fall because at least they're falling and not NATO? I understand like, okay, they're the first stepping stone. People are saying as soon as they finish Ukraine, they're going to take Poland and the Balkans. They take Poland, the whole world. That's NATO. The whole reason they could invade Ukraine is because they're not NATO and we were threatening to make them NATO. Uh, Man, now, now Eric is sounding like the conspiracy theorist, but it's actually like... fucking aliens are controlling Biden, man. No, but like... I don't like. Makes sense, but it's not unreasonable to say that they would still defend Ukraine. I don't think it's a hundred percent bite, but just to me, it's just a little bit too like. Yeah, they were giving him a lot of fucking money. The the big guys. Yeah, CIA. He listening on this probably thinks you're a conspiracy theorist tracking down. But you know, when the stars align, allegedly. Where where there's smoke, where there's smoke. There's there's fire. There's fire, bro. Fire, baby, burn. It's just oh my. God, and then the money they were getting through the Chinese energy company, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. The Bidens are getting money from China? Wait a minute, what the fuck? And they're like, no, 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 not him, bro. It's just Hunter, Oh, that blue in the sky? Let's not shoot it down. Let's not shoot it down. You know, and then you see people- Xi Jinping told me not to shoot it down. I'm not going to shoot it down. defending Hunter Biden. They're like, oh, he served on the fucking Amtrak board. He went to Georgetown. And then, like, there was something on his Amtrak application where he's like, well, I really like trains and I ride them a lot. And he's like, like nepotism if anybody disputes it hunter biden is the product of nepotism period end of story Go is, fuck his dr- is his drug use also the product of nepotism is that something his father handed oh, out to him oh my god bro like i i definitely think it's a result of having well i mean one your brother dying and i think his mom died too and then he got with his brother's widow that yeah, was a dude <laughs> yeah dude. and then like he cheated on her and then like, like all this other stuff no i mean 
he's definitely partially a product of circumstances, but at the end of the day, he made the wrong decisions and he's a piece of shit and he should go to jail. Allegedly, if that needs to be put in there. But no, fuck Hunter Biden. Put put his, if anything, like, I think it would be good for the Biden campaign. Well, 50-50. I think it might be good for the Biden campaign to show that he's not playing the nepotism card and he's like no my son committed a crime we're gonna put him in jail and then you put him in the fluffiest jail in the fucking country which people do all the time just put him in jail and that'll give you great optics or maybe you're a failing father but like he already came out against i think uh hunter biden has an illegitimate daughter and he won't acknowledge her as as his granddaughter yeah it's like bro you have seven grandkids like if, and people are saying, like, it'll make you look like more of a family man if you accept the fact that she's an illegitimate daughter. Because it's like, no, even though my son did this, like, I'm still going to be a good people grandpa. all reportedly Catholics. Yeah. <laughs> they are full of shit. <laughs> they are so, oh, no. No, I'm definitely against Biden as well. That's why it's like, and I think the majority of the country is like, we don't want either of them. <laughs> and, then, and then it's like, well, the way the system works out is you don't exactly get what you want. And it's like, what the fuck? I thought that was the whole point is we get what we want. <sighs> it's so fucked. We're so fucked. <laughs> Just get the most extreme candidates from oh, both sides. And the one that's less extreme wins. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like, can you just have the Democrats primary? Have the Democrats? Are they, are, the they, are, they, are they gonna have primaries? They said they wouldn't. Really? They said they wouldn't. Maybe that'll change, but I don't think it's gonna happen. I, I think unless something happens to Joe Biden, I don't think it's gonna happen. I don't. I don't know if there's a way to poll Democratic like um, not Democratic consent. What's the word am I looking for? Do you know what I'm saying? Like understand the Democratic consensus and see that they all want a primary, but he's not gonna. They're not doing it. Excuse me. Okay, so... And it's fucked. It's so fucked. But I don't know. The other candidates, I don't know much about Marianne Williamson. RFK Jr., I'm kind of 50-50 on him. Oh, okay, so two people have... um, Oh, I forgot. Robert F. Kennedy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be running against him. And then Marianne um, Williamson. Williamson. She's an interesting character. I haven't heard anything about her. I like her. He is very... He's interesting. I like that he's very, like, anti-pharma and, like, kind of anti-institution. His takes on anti-vax are... I don't know. I, I haven't done the research. But, you know, like, especially with a couple of years ago, being an anti-vax used to mean you're crazy. I'm very apprehensive to be like, well, now I'm on their side, you know? COVID vaccine is a different story, but now he's going after vaccines broadly. And that's where I'm, you know, like, uh, I don't know, RFK. I don't know. It's so funny. Kamala Harris's poll numbers are, like, significantly worse than Biden's. Wow. It's, it's crazy. Bro, she is atrocious. No. No way. And they're going to run her again as VP. They have to because they can't get rid of her. <laughs> oh, my God, bro. Third party, bro. Third party. That's one thing that would be... Uh, there, there's no way it would happen. But if the Republican Party didn't have Trump as their candidate and Trump got elected as a third party, while I'm against Trump getting elected, at least he would make the third party happen. And, and that would be pretty good. Paging Dr. for the podcast. <laughs> what? My, my name. 
<laughs> now, yeah, there you go. Okay, son of a bitch. 3344. All right. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so it's twice. Got your back. I'll remember. I didn't even say your whole last name. You said my whole last name. When the fuck is it? 30, it's 33. Sorry, ladies Just and gentlemen. Ladies and Gemelton. Anyways. <laughs> so, yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't see how we're getting out of this alive. Um, I think more importantly, down the road, the next 10 years is going to be very concerning. Yeah. They didn't talk about it. They hardly talked about inflation also during that debate. They talked a little bit about the spending on the previous Republican administration. They talked about part, inflation a little bit. A little but bit. they didn't, like, the amount that... It was wasn't emphasized. I mean, of course, abortion is going to be emphasized. Education was emphasized, which I'm kind of fifty fifty on the stupid ass song. The stupid ass song question, dumb. UFO question, dumb. That was so funny, like, Chrissy. God, that, that was. So, and he spun it in a good way. He spun it in a really good he way. He spun it in a good way, but like, I don't. Especially like, you know, the diss that Trump did by not going on the debate, and now they're trying to look strong. By being like, no, we're gonna hold this debate without you, and it's gonna be a great debate. And then they just have this shitty ass like, I was disappointed in Fox. I was not only were the candidates bad, Fox. Well, the candidates were alright, but Fox, what the fuck? You know, you're supposed to do a good job, and you're I, just I, dropping the ball. It wasn't great. I thought it was alright. I think one of the solutions is you know, when they talk over. Just shut their mic. Just mute, mute the mic. Mute the mic. I don't know. Like, I think people would be kind of post that, like, saying, like, oh, they're saying something controversial and you mute them. Nah. But nah, I think, nah. you, you go know, over, You go over the time, it just automatically mutes. You could do, be a little bit more discretionary. I don't, but I think that's common even in earlier debates is going over time. I don't think that's insane, but just the arguments going on. The lack of just being like, we're going to, and I think that's a product of the Trump era is people just being like, Rules. I'm gonna say what I want. Well, they learned. They learned from Trump. You yeah, know, they learned. You don't have to. That, be- that's got him the the dub. It's the new era. <laughs> it's a new era of politics. You know what? I F think the rules. I don't. I think this marks the end of that kind of debate. This is the beginning of the end for that. Like a lot of people are talking about like doing podcasts and stuff like that. And RFK has been going on podcasts. Vivek Ramaswamy has been going on a lot of podcasts. And I think maybe a podcast debate or something like that, where it's like a one v one sort of thing. <laughs> I think that would be way better because like people have the time to listen and of course you can clip it like you clip these fucking debates but like the long form content is so much better not only for like you you don't have people saying stupid sound bites they, they can embarrass themselves way more by having to lay out their ideas rather than just being like build a wall but also like you get to understand the candidates better and so it's even better on the selling point too it's just more it's just more better you know Hopefully that happens soon. I don't know, but you have to get like the, uh, what do you call it? You know, like the, the, the swamp to do it. And I don't, swamp. It's only the new age candidates. Can't teach old dog new tricks. They don't like that. They don't, I don't like that. They didn't used to argue in the debates before, but if you get a candidate that goes on podcasts to win, but it, Ramaswamy is not going to win. And you got so, Trump now going Carson's podcast and then you have... DeSantis yeah. doing a Twitter Twitter campaign bro, launch. If Trump went on Joe Rogan, bro, bro, best episode ever. Didn't Joe Rogan say he'll never interview Trump or something? I he said he well he said he would host a Biden Trump debate, but then he was like, I think Trump was asking to go on and he was avoiding it because he didn't want to give him, especially with like his fact checking ability, he didn't want to give him a platform, platform. to just bullshit. 
Um, so I don't know how he would handle that. Can you imagine Joe Rogan, Biden versus Trump? Debate? Bro, the, the bomb thing is the, drug the, guy being like, "All right, president, democracy happens right here, bros. Subscribe to on it." And like, <laughs> Biden just sitting there, probably shit his pants, be like, uh, "Uh, I gotta go to the bathroom." What? What? <laughs> What am I doing here? Who is this guy? Biden, you're an idiot. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> they indicted me. You corrupt system. You indicted me. Your son. I did everything right. Biden's like, my son died a hero. Uh, you're the son, you idiot. No. Oh, my God. What else? But yeah, the economy. I don't, like... I think a lot of people blame Biden for the inflation, and he's definitely no, partially no, the Haley, cause. Haley and a couple others went after. Yeah, went after they Trump. went after, and that I think is overlooked, especially for Trump voters who solely blame Biden for inflation. It's like the lockdown started with Trump, and the huge spending packages started with Trump. <laughs> so you got it. Like he fucked that up. He did, and a lot. I heard a lot of people say it's his pandemic response. That's one of the reasons that he got. He lost the election, but like, is we're not really seeing that represented so much in the Republican Party, and yet, and now the Democrats like Biden because of his response. You know, like this has been a point brought up by a lot of people, but like Trump is the reason for the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Trump did warp speed, but now it's Biden's Biden's the vaccine champion. Now all the Democrats love the vaccine. It's like, uh, does nobody fucking remember anything? Are you all a bunch of goldfish? Like that's that's, that's, that's another really funny thing too. Trump taking like bragging about the vaccine at his rallies, and then everybody's just booing him. Oh, yeah. That is so funny. Yeah. And that's really the only thing I think I've ever heard Trump get booed for, dude, <laughs> from his base. And there's so much it's so contradiction funny. It's so within funny. the party, especially like vaccines and Ukraine. The people disagree with the politicians on it. Just. Almost 100%, I would say. Or you know what I mean. The vast majority of Republicans don't like the vaccine, and they don't like Ukraine, and yet that's exactly what the politicians are doing. And, and you know, I don't know if this is just going to be like, oh, we have to get new politicians, or I think there's a certain level of, like, I, what I would like to see, and I talked about it before, but just, like, both the parties split in half. Four-party system. Four-party po- four system. We'll get absolutely so, nothing what you have you, you have the progressives, and then you have the Democrats, and then you have... The Republicans, and then you have the Trumps. We the Trumpians. The, there you go. The four, the four broad Because I don't know that he represents... I think he's kind of bridging both sides of the, the Republican divide. Because, like, I would say, like, there's the conservatives, and then maybe it's, like, the evangelicals in that... When I say conservatives, it's more like libertarian side mm-hmm. versus evangelicals who are willing to utilize the government more so, but they're doing it for Christian purposes, like anti-abortion, like anti-drug, where they're still pro-government. These, these anti-abortion doesn't have to be an evangelical thing. I mean, a ton of leaders in the well, movement. Evangelical no, no, strong, but you know what I mean? Like where yeah. it's, you're, you're taking religious ideas and it's more government rather than the fraction of the party who's just less government in general. They're just libertarians looking for a candidate mm-hmm. versus the people who are the, the more Christians who it's, then it's gotta be, have to pick a candidate. It's got to be so interesting for a libertarian that agrees with everything the candidates are saying, but then they start talking about pro-life and the dude's like, Bro. no, just kill all the babies. Yeah. <laughs> Or he's like, just give them the choice. You know what I mean? Like, it's not... Let, 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 let them be murdered. Let the states decide. Well, because I don't think it's like they're pro-murder. They're just anti-government. And and also, like, the, the religious people in the Democratic Party, I find odd, because I think a lot of 
Catholics, I want to say, are or at least were Democratic. Mm-hmm. And then also a lot of Jews are Democratic. Whereas like the fundamentalist belief, I'm, I don't, I'm not sure all Jewish beliefs on pro-life versus pro-choice. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? Like a lot of the progressive policies are, are, do not keep with traditional Jewish beliefs at all. And so it's very odd. Like there's two, like there's a lot of uh, arguments going on within the two parties how do you do that maybe there's going to be a switch over maybe half the sides are going to switch over like yeah. well what's well, in like the 2020 election how many more hispanics voted for trump yeah like significantly more and on top of that more it's, it's a small number but more african-americans voting and how is the build the wall guy winning the hispanic vote like what what like you know what I, but i guess it's more cubans than like mexicans but no I, it's still a ton of mexican support too because, because a lot of those hispanic votes are in texas too and those, mm. there's no cubans over there yeah yeah what uh why why do you think they're voting for him i mean there's stuff that he says that appeals to them i mean I don't, and that's where he's kind of like because, bridging because, the divide. Because some of these Hispanics understand the problem with with Mexico and the war yeah. and everything. They understand they're not, you know. Well, that's what I heard from Cubans is like they were so anti-communist. That's one of the yeah, reasons yeah. why they were Republican is because the anti-communist sentiment, not necessarily the anti-immigration sentiment. I don't, you know, I can't speak for Hispanics on immigration. I would assume they're pro-immigration. That's my guess. Uh, you know, you'd be surprised. Uh, we don't want to get up surprised. in those weeds again. But, uh, <laughs> but you know what I'm or like a lot of like Eastern Europeans, I guess, are, are Republican because they're anti. Don't blow the mic. But you know what I mean. Like, uh, what's her face? Not Michaela. What, uh, Melania. You know. <laughs> She's so hot. Uh. <laughs> Ivanka's hot, but her teeth are weird. Yo, uh, what? She's got them fake teeth, bro. Like, long teeth. Long, long. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> little little nitpick. <laughs> Gotta check them teeth. You got nice teeth. Good teeth. Thank you. Thank um... You. But yeah, I I, I don't know. We can open another can of worms. I don't know if we want to go into this one. We'll just let it know. We can talk about abortion, but we'll we'll save that one just in case. That's our backup plan. Got to go with anything else first. Um, I don't know. Economic policy wise, like people are talking about cutting the deficit, and like right, the three main parts are Social Security, Medicaid, military budget, and then everything else. And everybody wants to cut everything else. How do you reconcile? Would you be pro as a candidate? Would you be pro cutting Medicaid, and Medicare, and Social Security? I I think you cut people that qualify for it. I think you gotta make it harder to qualify. Yeah, you gotta trim it up a bit. Um, make it more. Yeah, I think you gotta. Uh, I don't know if I'm pro that. There's there's, there's a lot of argument that for pe- way there's way too many people who are eligible for. Um, Medicaid and, and also the ar- argument too is Social Security. If you, depending on your financials, you shouldn't qualify so, for Social Security hmm. if you have a certain certain uh, income. Yeah, certain income or whatever in the extent. I think I think mm. I think you do you do cut up Social Security and Medicaid to an extent, and you just cut spending elsewhere in the government as well. Even though those are the biggest like, expenditures, there's other places. Where or like the Pentagon has had an audit five years in a row and they failed it every single time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like hey. What the fuck? But nobody, especially Republicans, nobody wants to cut defense spending. I mean, defense spending is important, but it's crazy how much we spend. I, think- but it's, I, I hope I hope it's because at the end of the day, I am, I think 
the U.S. government is prepared for nuclear war and that we have the capability to fend off a nuclear I war. I sure fucking hope so. Uh, because I, with the amount of money we're spending, we, I think at a certain point it's like, bang for your buck? I don't think we're getting it. Even like... Okay, we spend Obviously more than not, like the what is it the next t- next ten countries combined? They're not, spending not, more almost, than everybody, almost. and they're spending way more than everybody. And I think <laughs> we're going like, a little it's overboard. Like China sp- like, like China spends like sixty billion a year, or maybe they've gotten to one hundred and thirteen billion. Russia's like sixty billion, but it's like it's nowhere close. Yeah. We're, we're at like almost nine hundred billion billion. But these our fleets our fl- like. Russia's technology doesn't come even close to us. No. They, they don't even have a fighter jet that compares to our 5th gen fighter jets. And we're about to release our 6th gen fighter jets pretty soon. But people say that even in hypersonics, we're lacking. Which some people have said, depending on how we go about the UFO argument, some people believe that the quote-unquote UFOs aren't aliens. It's just advanced American technology that they're kind of like slowly sneaking well, in. Well, you know, you know, the U.S. military has hypersonic missiles now. Like, recently this year, we've tested them successfully. Have hyper- they have hypersonic missiles. I think nobody has um, hypersonic flight capabilities, oh, well, like controlled planes. No, 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 no. I know China had their hypersonic glider going on, which I think was a glider missile. But from what I've heard... The Chinese and the Russians are still more advanced when it comes to hypersonics in general than us. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case. I've heard uh, it was uh, what is it? Peter Zion talked about it and said they were more advanced. I know Russia has implemented. They've used hypersonics in Ukraine. <laughs> I don't know who said they're more advanced. Who's this? Peter Zion. He's a geopolitical commentator. Some he's kind of he controversial. Doesn't, he doesn't know. He doesn't but, know. But I mean, well, you think, I mean, how did, he knows more than us? Okay, I figure he's okay. paid for it. It's his job. Put, put, put this know. put this in perspective. The U.S. military doesn't put stuff in a deployment. It unless it is 100% effective, utilized, is prepared. Like, like I they, think you're they, vastly overestimating no, we, we don't, military we don't, industrial we don't, complex. We don't, okay. We're not sending stealth jets over Russia until we know they 100% work. That is a fact. We don't send stealth jets over there in the past 30 years that don't work. And for instance, Russia started using hypersonic missiles in Ukraine that have been found, detected, and used, and they've been blown up. They've been prevented and stopped. Hypersonic missile is supposed to be unstoppable. It's being stopped by Patriot missile systems in mm-hmm. Ukraine, which is ridiculous. The U.S. is going to be—they're going to start putting hypersonic missiles on U.S. battleships and destroyers. I think in 2024. That means we're preparing to put hypersonic missiles in a deployment, and we've—we've we've earmarked 10 billion dollars on this past budget for hypersonic missile development further in other parts of the the uh, military branches. If the U.S. is already deploying hypersonic missiles on their battleships and cruisers starting next year or whenever it is that means they're ready to be used and they're functional and that they're effective i mean functional is that, different that's why i think that's why that's though. why i think we're ahead of russia of course they are we're not going to deploy hypersonic missiles if they're not going to work unlike russia no, no no no. i'm not saying that they don't work i'm saying like how well do they work in comparison i don't I'm think sure, we can I, say i'm sure I, i'm i'm confident they're better than russia but like when you're when you're talking about hypersonic like the, missiles the, should not be getting shot down like they are in Ukraine. Yes, that's true. But I don't I don't like I don't think that we can either say I mean I was saying that Russia and China were ahead. I don't know that we could really say that either war is ahead. Just being that we don't have the obviously things are confidential and secret, but I just don't think that we're informed enough to say whether or not one is better or not. When it comes to like whether or not the military uses things that are good or not, I, th- I think there are instances of the military industrial complex 
building weapon systems that are ineffective or that waste a lot of money like they were talking about that, like okay that, that obviously happens when we spend you know we, we earmark like a billion dollars towards a jet program that never goes into fruition that obviously happens but we're talking about missile systems that are being put into deployment these are tried tested and ready for u.s military use no but i'm talking about machines like like um they talked about like the bradley fighting vehicle and like when they were giving them to ukraine everybody said they were doing it because it's not really effective it, it's not really a tank but it's not really like a quick light vehicle like it doesn't it doesn't that, function that thing, very that well it's like 20 years old and of course we have better equipment for specific but they were tasks. no but they were saying like when it was first made it was never useful and now we have all these extras and they're just getting rid of them that was one of the things that was talked about of like all the ukraine supplies is like most of this stuff that we're getting giving them is just extra bullshit that was gonna go bad anyways it's definitely not true because we give them patriot systems we giving them himars h-i-m-a-r-s's we give them a ton of good anti-missile defense systems yeah top of the line and now they're getting okay like for instance they're getting they're getting f-16s those are like not more towards the bottom of the barrel. I mean, they're old. They're from like the 90s. I know, but they're still on par with some Russian jets. I mean, they're good. Which is crazy. They're good, but what I'm saying is like it's old technology that we were going to have to get rid of anyways. And so they're just giving them like, oh, this is going to go bad. You might as well eat I think some good perspective is that like a, 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 like a Raptor, like a U.S. Raptor jet hmm. can, can outperform like a Russian fifth gen or sixth gen jet that's coming out right now and this is all without considering that the u.s is getting ready to send out their mm-hmm. sixth gen fighters like the u.s is so ahead militarily from russia i but but one of the problems that i've heard about is the the fact that there is so much funding and the military industrial complex knows it's coming there is a certain level of planned obsolescence yeah, obviously them. obviously yes and and i think maybe a reduction i know it's hard to hear but maybe a reduction in funding would cause them to kind of deliver a little bit more rather than just being like we know there's money coming if you kind of put a little squeeze on them and say hey like stop giving us bullshit and give us some good new stuff that might be better why, why do you think every single like engineer wants to work for raytheon or something i know why because it's a lot of money and and it, to me it's like that's the sexiest shit it's like oh you want to work on hvac or you want to work on this plane that's going to blow up a bunch of other fuckers you want to work on the knife missile i'd rather work on the knife missile than the, the fucking air conditioner okay <laughs> duh but like is it is it necessary is it good i don't think so it's it's useful to be number one yes i think it's vital to our international interests but i think we should we shouldn't just give them carte blanche and be like we have faith that we're going to be number one i think there's a lot of waste and there's a way that we can be number one without wasting as much money that's what i think when it comes to medicaid medicare social security social security is going to be so fucking unpopular because people have spent giving the government money all their lives and then you're going to be like well all that money you gave us yeah we're not going to give it back people are going to be like go fuck yourself like they want the money back i think even the rich people because if you say rich people don't deserve their social security they're the donors they're not going to donate to you if you're not giving them their money although it's extremely minor compared to how much they have i don't know how much they dock especially if you're making millions how much they would take out for social security but the people who are donating to your campaigns aren't going to give you money if you're like yeah we're going to take away your social security because you don't need it you say go fuck yourself i'm going to give somebody else my money and then all the fucking regular ass voters, of course they're not going to vote for you if you're going to say, yeah, you gave us money like your entire lives. Yeah, we're not going to give you, uh, we're not going to give you any money. Uh, we're going to go on a little food break, a little pee break here, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back. Kiss, kiss. 
All right, we're back. Salmon was fire. Yeah. Um, so what do you want to talk about? Now? You want to still talk about the deficit? We could talk about uh, wokeness in schools. Um, I can go with wokeness in schools. You want to go with wokeness in schools? How do you feel about wokeness in schools? Do you think Big Daddy DeSantis is doing good? Do you think he's going too far? I think he's doing the right thing. I think gender ideology is not something... You don't sound like convinced. Okay, yet. I am convinced. I don't think gender ideology is something that's te- taught in schools. It's just mm. something that's discussed between parents and their and their children. It should be something that's indoctrinated. Mm. I mean, it is not something u- useful or it's not a utility for society, gender ideology. There's no, there's no point for any child, uh, you know, middle school or below to be taught anything related to that well okay so middle school because that that's my one when it comes to gender ideology specifically i have some other i'm i'm for what he's done but i'm apprehensive just in the fact that like there is such thing as too much especially when it comes to education and like oh we got to get this out of our schools um but like i think maybe like in high school when because right they do have like sex education in high schools and i think to a certain extent like acknowledging homosexuality in those i think is okay now there's you know the whole minutia of it i'm sure there will be tons of arguments about but i think just being like it exists but the same rules apply of wear a condom i think that's about as far as you need to go i think that's fair but like when it comes to kids yeah i think that especially like there's no there's no place for an eight nine year old ten year old to be even somewhat disgusting especially some of those i don't know if you've seen some of those books i know there were pictures on twitter but like the level of like verbal and imagery of like pornographic stuff going on it's insane like when they're talking about like getting critical race theory out of schools i mean one of the things that people talk about is like it's very hard to define what critical race theory is in particular and then when they're getting out rid of like african-american studies as like ap african-american studies I'm 50-50 on that just because, like... Well, no, yo, yo, hold up. Hold mm. It's not that African-American theory... It's not like DeSantis was banning those classes. They wouldn't adjust their curriculum, and they themselves pull themselves out of the state of Florida. Did they? Yes, that's how, okay. that, that's how it works for bo- both APs that, that pulled out. Yeah, do you know a- what a- the other one was? AP Psychology. I love AP Psychology. Yeah, that's insane, because I love that class, and, like, that wasn't... At least in our education, that wasn't really a component at all. No, it wasn't. It they wasn't. didn't talk about it at all. So yeah, and they they, mm. they pull out because they said they weren't going to adjust the curriculum because mm. DeSantis banned the discussion on gender ideology and stuff like that and, and those and those theories, and they decided to pull out. It's not him banning the class. Okay, okay. Well, I'm glad you got the record straight because yeah, that's because like there's a whole thing of like banning books. Like those books, no, inappropriate for children. But once you start banning certain books, that's where I'm like, okay, it's, banning it's, books it's is taken, bad. It's, it's taken to a logical extreme by by yeah. the, the opposition. Because I know people are trying to get rid of Mark Twain because it has the N word, but I don't think that's especially the way they they've used it in that. I mean, I think yeah, of course it had racial connotations. Ninth grade, eighth grade teachers, you know, saying the hard R as hard as he could. I mean, how else are they gonna learn, bro? Because I, I mean, I remember, and and like that was something when I talked about to my grandpa, and you know, he was born in 1930, right? And that you know, segregation was still alive and well back then. And the way he talked about it was like the N word. Like we're not, not neither of us are black, ladies and gentlemen. But like the N word was used the same thing as like saying black people now. I'm sure you know there was a certain level of stink on it fine 
but the way he talked about it was like it wasn't like he was saying it was stink. It was just like that's that's the word. You call them now. They're talking about people of color, even though they went from colored to black to African American. Like I thought colored was bad, but now they're going back to it. Anyways, but it was very much like what is bad now? Is colored black is bad? Is black bad? People of color is fine, but I guess saying colored is bad because it's like segregation is like dividing the whites and the colors. Also, I don't know where Asians fall on that because they're white with skin, but they have the you know Asian eyes. I don't know if that counts as colored. <laughs> I thought they were the, the yellow people. Yeah, they're the other white meat, if you will. But I don't, I don't know. But it used to be like Italians were discriminated against. So it was like, like what? Are they <laughs> not white people? It's like Anglo's only. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. If you're in the Mediterranean, go fuck yourself. But French is in the Mediterranean. They're okay. Uh, excuse me. But I think they're Catholic because they don't like the Catholics either. That's The KKK is against the Catholics, by the way. That's um, so strange. Because they're Anglos and they think they're controlled by the Pope. You should. There was a guy I had on recently. He talked about the whole Pope thing. It was very interesting because he's Eastern Orthodox. And he's like, yeah, Catholics, they're kind of whack, actually. If you look at the real traditionals, it's Eastern Orthodox. I'm like, Oh wow! This is like a new, new thing coming out. The Ortho Bros, as he called them. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Book burning, whack. But yeah, there's there's a certain level of like, don't go crazy. Don't yeah. It's the ideology in schools where you want to keep school, and that's why it's such a complicated issue. Is like trying to keep ideology out of schools while at the same time teaching people things. It's like there's inherent ideology in it. I mean, there was that whole debate going on where people wanted intelligent design and they didn't want evolution in their schools. Where it's like, okay, you're teaching like an atheistic ideology, which now I think the Pope is like okay with evolution or if anything, he's pro-evolution. I'm not totally Mm. sure on that one. I don't know. Yeah, I'm 50-50. I don't know, but I think by and large, most Christians are in favor of evolution. I think in general of course there's pockets who are intelligent I think it's pretty pretty split I mean like 50-50 but still like a large portion like a lot of people are okay with it now but when it comes to like gender ideology I think that might be like a little bit too far who knows maybe 25 years we'll all be like of course everybody's every gender blah 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 (laughs) Uh, I don't think that's gonna happen that's gonna happen but I don't know there was an interesting thing I had heard about evolution too where People were arguing that there's like, like evolution is actually too far in that like the amount of sophistication and then the way that it, if you apply evolution, talking about like like birds for instance, the amount of animals that would have to die for one to actually get it right, or like the like mind control parasites, it's like the amount of. <laughs> Sorry, I was talking about eyeballs. The evolution of eyeballs is like. Yeah ton of controversy behind that like how yeah because it's like such a big leap it's like how many people would have how many you know generations of creatures would have to die to people advance just, that people would just say billions 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 yeah billions. but it, what if, it's like it's not it's trillions, trillions 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 yeah but it's not advantageous to to die a bunch because they're dying so they're not winning so their genes wouldn't get passed on so there's some kind of gaps in that which i find interesting i'm not exactly sold on intelligent design <laughs> um but i think it's very yes, it leads to curiosity. I mean, at this point, I'm pretty sure I've, we discussed this last, the first time I had you on. At this point, I'm not in favor of specifically like the Christian ideology or any of any specific like God story. Close. I think, and I discussed it before, the concept of God and then the traditions around it, I think Four it should dimensions. be seen as two separate things. Yeah, 12-dimensional aliens are gods, whatever you want to call it. I think those are two separate things. So, still not sold on the Christian ideals. Um, He's getting there. I, don't, I think it, one of the reasons it's so dominant is because of the, like, 
There's, have you heard of the, we're up against Super Joe Rogany, but the Younger Dryas Impact Theory? So there was a huge, like, there was an ice age, and then everything warmed up really quickly. And I know your your grandparents talked about it where it was like, if you do the calculations, like, the people were made 6,000 years ago or something like that. Really? Who said, that, who said that? Yeah, they were, your grandparents were talking about it when they were talking about creation theory. That. This was, like, in high school. Um, but they were talking about it, like, if you do the math, the way the people, like, the rate of growth of people, if you reverse the math, it means that people started being born 6,000 years ago, something like that. And while the dates are different, the Younger Dryas Impact Theory says that there was a huge cataclysmic event uh, around 12,000 years ago, which is the end of the Ice Age. And that's when um, humanity was almost wiped out. And so they talk about it like humanity has amnesia, like because people talked about it was like hunter-gatherers 12,000 years ago. Meanwhile, we had these structures like Gobekli Tepe, which was created. They've confirmed that it was created 12,000 years ago. And these are like huge structures, extremely complex. They're like, you know, 10-ton stones being set up in a very complicated way. And, you know, archaeologists are like, well, hunter-gatherers just decided to do that, but they had no real, like, civilization. People are like, that's a bunch of bullshit. No, no fucking hunter-gatherer all of a sudden is like, I'm going to build this quick monument and then go back to hunting and gathering. So um, some people think that the Sphinx and the um, pyramids were actually created 12,000 years ago as compared to, I think it's like 4,000 years ago, something 6, like that. Yeah, 6,000 years ago. Um, and they say, really, they were created way farther behind before that with advanced technologies that were lost due to these cataclysmic events. Some say it was asteroid impact. There was one guy, I think his name's Robert Scotch, Dr. Robert Scotch. Um, I'm pretty sure he gave a lecture at a university you attended. Um, it's very interesting. But um, his theory was that there was a enormous solar um, occurrences which um, came down in like these huge plasma bolts of lightning and that's one of the reasons why the earth heated up so much but it also caused a lot of people to die Um, and one of the reasons well there's a couple things Um, one of the reasons why he thinks in the solar theory is there's these pictograms that occur all over the earth they're in the easter island they're in um you know america they're in uh i don't know if they're in china but they're all over um what do you call middle east kind of areas and it's this it's similar to a toroid they call it the bird man which both the aztecs and the egyptians had a man with a head of a bird which is crazy because they had nothing to do with each other um but like it's sort of like guys with arms up and then legs down and then two dots on the side. And this is found all over in ancient pictograms and cultures that had nothing to do with each other. And if you look at the way there's some experiments of like these plasma bolts coming down, it's like lightning, but way stronger. And it comes down in this toroid form of having sort of like a champagne glass at the top and then an upside down one at the bottom and then a ring around it. And so they think these are drawings of this cataclysmic event going on. Um, and so that's his argument for the sun theory. Um, and then there's also a theory just towards the cataclysm idea, not necessarily the sun one, is there are these enormous underground cities all over Turkey, all over that um, sort of crescent in Turkey and northern Iran. There are these 
underground cities which are huge they could house thousands of people and they think it was like aftershocks where people could still come up for air every once in a while um but they think this is where everybody went who survived they went underground and they lived in these other ground cities where the radiation and whatever wouldn't be able to kill them um and one argument for these underground cities is that it was to defend against invaders but people have said it's like you don't go underground to defend against invaders because they just throw a fire down the hole and they burn you out kind of thing so that's really interesting to me. I don't know, but that's sort of the argument for like, the quote is like, human humans are a race with amnesia of like, we used to have all these crazy technologies. Like if you go to the pyramids, they're so advanced, they're so precision built. They're these insane monuments and they only get worse. The newer ones are smaller and they're sh- made more shittily. Um, you know, it's crazy. The, the earlier pyramids, you know, it's hard to think about this. We're closer to... I think what was it? Cleopatra. We're closer. Oh, Cleopatra was closer to the cell phone than she was to the pyramids. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That that's crazy. Insane. That's crazy. But that's what. And there's a lot of other structures that they think were um, that were built around this time of like twelve thousand. There's something I want to say in the Philippines. It's somewhere in Oceania. Those kind of. Uh, Southeast Asian countries where it's this enormous structure of these crazy stone pillars and people think oh no hunter gatherers it wasn't built that long ago but a lot of people theorize it was built way way longer ago and it has these chambers where people might have hid underneath and stuff like that um yeah I don't know (laughs) do it that way you will that's interesting that's interesting it's a crazy it's interesting it's kind of like Mm. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Where there's, I mean, it'd be so cool to think that we had super technology and then it was destroyed. But then it's like everybody's like, "Yeah, we're overdue for another one of these cataclysms." <laughs> like, hey, oh fuck! It's like the premise of Halo, <laughs> bro. Is it what is the premise of Halo? I don't, I don't like know. Like humans. Well, recently they they did it in the Halo Four and onward. Like humans were super advanced, like a million years ago, and then they start taking over all of the all of the galaxies and the, the cosmos. And the advanced alien species fought back to mm. defend them. Eventually, they got to a neutral point, and then like cataclysmic event happened, and humans regressed to the Stone Age after being confined by the aliens, mm. and like the whole the whole universe got set back like millions of years, and then Halo is all about these humans getting back into their technological supremacy. Well, there's something. Um I mean, it's a board game, but it's called a Warhammer 40K. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Henry Cavill loves it. Dude, I mean, it's a great... Uh, just the art and the style, I love it. I've never played it, but I have them in the models. Anyways, <laughs> their story is like it's set in the year 40,000. And one of the big parts of the storyline is that human technology was super advanced, right? Crazy level. We created AI and like ai was this technology they banned it because it became it was like at war with the humans and then it went over to mars and it was its own entity of like cyborgs and shit like that we banned it because it's so powerful it's going to destroy the world but there was this huge cataclysm at some point where everybody lost their like knowledge of the technology and so they were left with this super advanced technology but no way no understanding of it and so they regressed to this weird sort of religion where they have this emperor god king the great emperor who he's so he's this enormous behemoth and he takes it's like they sacrifice a thousand humans every day to keep him alive and like it's you know they have like psychic powers but it's sort of like a combination between like sort of magical psych 
big stuff with demons and they have like these like hell demons which represent like the different plagues and stuff like that um it's a combination of that and this super advanced technology where you have to merge these people's minds with these enormous war machines that are like 40 stories tall it's super cool um but that's another trend is like we had all this technology and then a cataclysm happened we lost it and now we're here with the remnants of the technology but no way to understand it it. the interesting thing is it makes you wonder how if this that was the case how advanced could they've actually gotten is some of the knowledge would have to have been stored on something like the internet mm-hmm. or something like that. Some sort of it has some sort of um, record in mm-hmm. the sense that I don't, I don't know the way to say it, like electromagnetic record or radioactive record or you know electronic there electronic record. Mm-hmm. I have to, there didn't we have to have left behind some sort of electronic record? Well, that's but, the thing is like it's so fragile, right? Like electronics you know especially if you consider the solar flare theory that wipes out all the electronic records because of the electromagnetic pulses or just over time 12,000 years paper's going to degrade and so all of these things are while they're semi-permanent compared to stones they're not permanent and so that's one of the problems or one of the things that they say that's permanent no it's not (laughs) if you wipe out electricity there goes the internet. There goes all the information stored on the internet. Your hard drive is not permanent. If you give it long enough, it'll discharge all the, uh, especially your solid state drives, they require energy to keep storing information. And so especially hard drives, because they're based on, they're these disks and then you can, the silicon wafers, and you can put charges on it in certain spots. And so what happens is your computer goes back and goes to those specific spots based on other information that it has. It can go to those specific spots, check what the charges are, and that gives it a binary code. But if you give it long enough time, those charges will either become neutralized or they'll be they'll flip or something like that. And so hard drives, I don't... I think it's like a couple of years, but they have to be pu- plugged in every couple of years or else they'll lose their information. And so and if you have that or if you have paper which rots over time, all these things, while they are permanent or semi-permanent, at least considering like the lifespan of a human, compared to 12,000 years, none of this is going to be here. Not to mention rust or anything like that. Like, So so let's say like a Google art, like a Wikipedia article on the internet, um, 12,000 years from now, like, nuclear explosions, everything, everything's wiped out on Earth. 12,000 years from now, someone gets the internet, internet invented again, and they're able to access our previously modern internet. They wouldn't see that same Wikipedia article. No, because all not only would the electronic information degrade, the, the parts themselves would degrade, right? Like, metal oxidizes. So, all of it would rust away. Like, you've seen an old car that's, like, less than 100 years old. It so, is, is that Wikipedia article stored on some hard drive deep in, like... It's stored on multiple hard drives across multiple servers. I don't know exactly the Wikipedia architecture, but at the end of the day, it's all stored on computers, okay. just servers, which are the same thing as computers. And they don't use any special... It's not like there's a giant rock behind every computer that they're writing stuff into, right? It's all hard drives. That's the most permanent form of electronic so the, the storage. internet could disappear, that's what you're saying. Without a doubt, yeah. Oh, okay. Especially if, I didn't have that, that knowledge. Without long-term maintenance, the internet could disappear. I don't, like, the specifics of solar play, flares and EMPs, I've heard there are EMP-resistant things, especially if you, like, bury it under, like, a shit ton of stone. But if you don't have the maintenance, if you leave a computer for 100 years, it will degrade. End of story. You know, it's interesting, on a side topic regarding EMPs, I was reading a, some article on my think tank 
that um, Chinese uh, some Chinese uh, attack strategies had leaked in regards to the invasion of Taiwan mm. and how they would want to use EMPs on the U.S. populace mm. because their understanding of the U.S. policy is that Americans are very finicky towards war and they've been convinced the populace to get out, they'll get out. Which I thought was pretty, you know, pretty interesting. Like, I think it's, 100%. It is, I, I've, I have so much more... Like, yeah, Russia... I mean, yeah, China's concerning, but I, I just don't have that fear that China would ever nuke us or something like that. Uh, they drop EMP in the populace? Okay, but like, I have a genuine fear that Russia would. You know? Well, I think that becomes... It, it's sort of like the, the rationale of the state where I don't think if a logical person is in charge, somebody who has self-control and realizes the full ramifications of dropping a nuclear warhead... I don't think they would launch a nuke, but it's if you get a crazy guy who has access to the button, they're going to say, fuck it, and they're going to blow the shit up. That's what I'm worried about. And do you think Putin is that type of man? <sighs> I don't know. A lot of people don't think it's really going to happen. A lot of people say, like, no, they wouldn't go that far, but... I don't, I don't think know. he would. And that's and he's killed a lot of people. Well, there's he's another concern with not just Russia but Pakistan. Pakistan's having a shit ton of problems, especially with their government. Somebody was assassinated recently who's like I don't know if he was an acting president or acting prime minister or something like that, but like they have a lot of um, political unrest going on and they have nuclear warheads. They don't have the capability to hit the US. But they could definitely hit India. They could hit different parts of Europe. Yeah, that's what people say the next world war will start. Not necessarily with the U.S., but between India, China, and Pakistan. Maybe. I could, I mean, I mean, there's already like a kind of cold war going on right now between India and Pakistan. And I know China and India aren't friends. Although China and, or India and Russia are friends. In, in, India and China literally have had conflicts in the last... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My... my yeah. People... Um, who I know of Indian relation are hate China because they literally they're like yeah this is our land and they went and took it up near the Himalayas and stuff like that and they're like they literally China literally invaded parts of India yeah period so I don't know it's, it's whether or not and especially being that India wants to be a competitor to China and now they're starting that too it's very much like I mean we might not even be the reason you know people talk about the US's sphere of influence but like there's other people with nuclear weapons who are vying for control and they might get in trouble with each other like that'd be so creepy is it, excuse me you're good. if Pakistan and India had nuclear war with each other like China would get t- tied into that that's that's almost half the world's population right there. Just not that, that, yeah. that part of the world. And they probably have hundreds, if not billions of people die. And I think we would get involved. Sorry, the caffeine. I uh, think I have I too think, much caffeine. I had this argument with somebody. I don't think we would get involved. I don't... I, I think we... We would, I, we would have I tried in that. To. Because, no, because... At least we, in the way that we're no, involved in Ukraine. There's no NATO states over there. We don't have any allegiances to India or Pakistan or China. Are we allies to a certain extent with India? No. No, India won't even help us with the whole Russia situation, bro. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a bunch of animosity animosity there. Even even India and Russia have military defense contracts and stuff like that. The U.S. just doesn't have that with India. So if they were if they were to get in dragging a world war, the U.S. would not be involved. Would they uh, would they supply economic aid to India? Maybe, but we would not. We wouldn't have a single battleship or anything well so that's it's really interesting and like i i have reasons pro and against not that i'm for 
getting involved in a world war. The reasons I would say four is just like something that big going on. I don't see the U.S. not having not going in because just because we want the influence, I think we would have to like want true. to meddle Dude, to a certain extent. There's huge conflicts going on in Africa that we don't get involved in. There's, we, yeah, but that's Africa. We, we almost we almost didn't get involved in the Ukraine conflict. If Trump was president, we may have not been involved. Yeah. There's current presidential candidates that don't be involved. It is a very real possibility that we wouldn't be involved. China and Taiwan. There's a good... There's some candidates out there who wouldn't get us involved. Yeah. I think it's... Especially if it's Pakistan, India, and China, we don't have extreme vital strategic interests in that in that, that, that area. And that's, that was brought up um, by somebody on the last podcast in that... Like when it came to the world wars, we didn't get involved until somebody blew yeah. some of our shit up. Now I think, uh, I think it was how, the Libertania where it was like that was kind of intentional. The only way we get involved, I think, and sorry for interrupting, the India Pakistan Chinese conflict is if China dragged Japan into it, and we would help Japan. Yeah, we would help Japan. Or, well, I think it's still. It, I don't even know that we would get involved with Japan. We might supply them, but I don't think we would get involved. Yeah, unless there was a attack on america like there was yeah. in world war one and world yeah, war two exactly unless somebody attacks us we're not going to send our troops exactly, over exactly but like i said on the other hand at this point with our sphere of global influence i think it's a matter of like we want to get involved because it's you know we want to be involved in everything no maybe I, not I, India, I don't, I don't maybe think, not africa because foreign policy is that naive we don't want to just I, get I don't know that it's naive to I, I think it would almost be naive to be like super think, moral and not get involved. I think it'd be naive to get involved in a conflict with three nuclear powers. That is very naive. That it's is very it's naive. naive. But I think it's it's like if we have <laughs> if we have investments that we want to secure right, we have no, money that's no, tied no, up. No. I don't it's not it's not worth the risk. No I, no US president would ever do that. I'm not no, saying it would flip the switch, but I see incentives to get involved is and I see incentives at least the to incentives versus the incentives are astronomically but you have to acknowledge that there are some ex- incentives there are some mi- as minor as they may be just influence wise i think some people would consider it <laughs> hey, and there's I- incentives and there's incentives and in taking over mexico the incentives are <laughs> exponentially but okay but at least you there are incentives you're sure okay, but okay. but if there's a conflict between india pakistan and china it's very realistic the u.s would not be involved unless they were supplying you know india economic aid or it'd be know. so interesting too one of the things would be like I think it, the, the conflict wouldn't be that dragged out if it was nuclear it would be done very quickly well i don't it would be like a month or two i wonder most. who the allies are though because it's like who would get roped in if if because it, it might be a chain you know if we're not allies with either of them but they're allies with our allies and so we get involved because our allies get involved Ally, ally, ally. So maybe, excuse me. I don't. You don't think Iran or Afghanistan helps Pakistan at all? Oh, I could. Well, like Afghanistan is not a big deal, but Afghanistan and Pakistan are huge. Like that was a big thing of like trying. Well, yeah, the the the, the, the Pakistan housed a lot of Taliban members. Yeah, yeah. So okay, you get Afghanistan, maybe Iran, but that might be an anti-Pakistani faction of Afghan. Like the people who housed the terrorists in Pakistan weren't fans of the government, so they there would be infighting between Afghanistan and the existing Pakistani government. You see, uh, it's just it really is just a, a local conflict. I don't think you'd see it's it's like it's I don't it, conflicts of that scale. I don't think are local anymore. Think, 
think about Russia and Ukraine. Think about no We're involved in that. No, maybe because of Biden. But. No, no other country has sent troops over there. None. Belarus hasn't even sent troops to Ukraine. Think about that. Belarus, a puppet state of Russia, hasn't even sent troops to Ukraine after two years. But they house troops. Yes, yes, just like Pakistan housed Taliban people. Well, I, I'm not saying that we would necessarily send troops, especially not immediately, but at least some kind of military support. Now, that I could definitely see no, happening. I don't. I, I don't. think, like, why, 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 why do we pick India over China? Why do we pick China over India? There is no benefit from picking one side or the other. I think, well, the one it side, doesn't make I, would, sense I would think we're closer with India, and I think any fight against China is a fight for the U.S., or some would consider that. I think people would support, in, in the same way that we're supporting Ukraine, we, nobody gives a shit about Ukraine. Nobody's like, oh, they're super democratic. They support Ukraine to fight Russia. So I, I, I think I, they would support India to fight China. I don't think so. It's a loss-loss regardless and for the U.S., because all the industries in India and China. Well, I think it would be an incentive to build up our industries. That's why it might be, well, to say it's a good it, it, thing is the, not true, the, the, but you know what the, I mean. There, I don't see any reason whatsoever for military intervention. I think just just to have our fingers yeah, in I, I know you're trying to be devil's advocate, but you don't, you don't want your fingers in, in, a, in a nuclear conflict. They want, your, you they don't, want their fingers in everything. They're not they in a nuclear thing. conflict. Come on. That's what, that's Anything what, with major... Economic okay, implications. Okay, major implications. USSR invading Yugoslavia in, in, in during the Cold War, and you don't see the U.S. sending troops and getting involved. No, they Hell didn't no. do it in Georgia you, either. You, you, you don't see U.S. sending military. Why did they send it? Do you remember? Oh, I want to say it was one of those B countries. Not Bos- Bosnia. 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 Yeah, do you know why they sent it? Sent Bill Gates. Not Bill Gates. The other Bill Clinton. Who sent troops? Other. There's like. <laughs> like they were hostages. It's like Bosnia Serbia. No, they're committing genocide against each other. Yeah. And they tried to destroy yeah, the, the US government. Had to lock it down. Sent, yeah, that was. That was. I think they're supporting the Serbs now. There's there's a whole potential conflict still there because of the way the borders are drawn. It's like yeah. half the countries, but I don't. But, yeah. Now now we have historical examples and context. I don't see any reason whatsoever for the U.S. to get involved in a nuclear conflict. I think it would be bad. I'm not for it, but yeah, Devils I have can like me. I I could see. I could see it. I, I could. See I it. couldn't see it. I couldn't see it. I could see, especially if the wrong people get in the wrong positions. I could definitely see people, somebody wanting to put their hands on that, being like, "Yeah, let's let's push how, the Indians how, a little you, bit." You get involved in that, and then you get nuked. What benefit do you get from that? What benefit do you get from that versus staying out? I don't like. Okay, you, every. But, all U.S. citizens would absolutely reject the support for that. Okay, you need the U.S. You need the Congress's support to declare war. You no, need- no, no. I'm not saying declaring war. I'm saying like if you sent weapons to India, I don't think China like that's not enough for China to nuke the that's U.S. That's different. You're talking about military. You sent. You're talking about military. No, no, no. no. I was saying like at the, at the least. I was saying like same at thing the with, most. Uh, no, no, no. You mean at the most? No, no. no I'm saying at like. As the most minimal, but still want to get our fingers in it, we'll do the same thing like Ukraine and just give them a lot of military support, but not send our I, military I, I, in. I could see that, but I can never see us getting directly involved. No, I don't think direct involved. I don't think we would put boots on the ground unless something happened to an American constituent, like an American state or something like it that. It would have to be China expanding the war to Japan. That would, uh, that, that would draw us in. I still don't know that that would give us boots on the ground, unless uh, that's in the treaties where we have to help defend Japan. I still don't even think that would happen. We have we have battleships. We have all, we have bases in Japan. Yeah, we have we have a military base in Japan. If China were to invade, it'd be the drag the dragon. Do you think we should get involved in Taiwan if that happens? Unless unless there's people fighting 
unless an American dies, do you think we're going to get involved in Taiwan? That's so tough because Taiwan strategically is so important and a democratic entity and should be able to maintain its independence. But if you think about it, go back into Chinese history. It is... It's a Chinese internal conflict. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's as if the Chinese were to get involved between the Union and the Confederates. Like the Confederates got beat back into mm-hmm. into Mexico or something. I and mean, the f- French helped out the Confederates. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and there's a lot of there, there's a lot of people in the U.S. government when it for um that really opposed the French French after that. Mm-hmm. So, I think. It is, it is it is intervening in an internal conflict. If I'm trying, and we got involved in Vietnam too. Although that was more containment with communism, but this might be. I mean, communism is not the same as it was, but it might be another level of containment. But yeah, but at the end of the day, it is intervention. It is it is an internal state conflict. But but we also have chips assets over there. I know we're trying to build it up on our own side, but that takes a long time. The thing is, thing is. Taiwan is also so compromised by Chinese spies. Like, a lot of technology Taiwan is already getting to China. But from what I can tell, it's not nearly... They're not to that extent. To where they have the... It might in time, but at this current moment, because it, well, China the, China doesn't have the capability to produce as much as it needs. I don't Taiwan. think they c- can produce, and I think they're especially the higher end chips. They're super restricted when it comes they to the information. The, China, they, have, they may have spies, but they're not. In, China, China's starting to develop like four nanometer and, and, and more advanced chips. But thing is, now they're coming out with like two nanometer, like highly secret chips that they won't build in the U.S. even. But that type of stuff, Chinese don't know. But I'm sure four nanometer chips, ten nanometer chips, they know how to build that stuff. From from the way I've heard it spoken about, like because I'm no expert on the subject, from the from what I have heard, it is a situation. We're not experts. Yeah, we're ladies and gentlemen. We're idiots. Um, but from what I have heard, the level of Taiwan's semiconductor production is so far advanced compared to China's that it is enough of a factor to where they they are not able to be like all right we don't need Taiwan like it is advanced yeah. enough to merit to be like okay this is a concern because we can't produce these over here right now even though we have access to the technology but they don't have the same level of access compared to what we have and they don't have the production capabilities compared to what we have especially from what I I know is like when it comes to super specify extremely precision kind of production China's production is extremely limited when it comes to that kind of stuff that's why the US is super good at it when it comes especially like one of the reasons we're so good with aerospace stuff is because it takes such high level precision in order to manufacture stuff like that and china just doesn't have that capability for that extreme precision they have the mass manufacturing but when it comes to precision they're extremely lacking and that's one of the reasons why they would want to take over taiwan is to get that level of precision technology that they haven't been able to develop or steal yet what one um and that's why they have like self-destruct kind of things in place in Taiwan of if the Chinese invade, you the destroy block, the chip factories. They because, have their contingencies. Because they need to take that over. They don't have the technology yet to where they don't have to take it over. Yeah. So, say a side note, in addition to Taiwan, you know, whether or not we should intervene or not, because it is an internal state conflict, one of the things I would say is that Taiwan is a huge vital interest to China because mm-hmm. the way the South China Sea and that part of the Pacific is set up, is that if the U.S. and China are ever be in a conflict, the U.S. be able to maintain a total blockade of China. No. A total blockade. We see like 
the Philippines, and then, uh, you get the Philippines, you have Japan up north, you get the Taiwan in, in there. The way I've, uh, that strategic think tanks have shown it is that the U.S. would be able to completely maintain a blockade against them. Yeah. Versus if China were to have Taiwan, the U.S. wouldn't be able to maintain, you know, a total blockade on them. Well, Which is so, it's so interesting because, you know, you think about it, the U.S. is in such an optimal spot in the world. Oh, yeah. Like, that North America, yeah, South America is so poor. Everything <laughs> And Parsley thanks to the CIA. And, Shout out. And we have our best friends, Canada, above us, who literally step, who walk step and step with us in all of our foreign yeah, policy decisions. Our bitch. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have any opponents. Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any opponents on our border except Cuba. There are one. Pin. And they're not really that, like, what they were. Like, yeah, unless, I mean, unless they were to they get were nuclear alive. missiles all yeah. of a sudden. Well, so, like, I know that China it has been building up a lot of its influence in South America, and they're mm-hmm. trying to get Argentina involved in a lot of... Um, Satellite bases and stuff. Well, yeah, bases. and a lot of just, like, trade agreements. When it comes to China, yeah, and that's going back to the debate. Um, what is it? Berga mentioned it. It's They're so dependent on imports. They import, like, a fuck ton of their energy, yeah. and most of it passes through the Strait of Malacca, which I is right next to Singapore. I'm not really sure if the Philippines are over there, or Indonesia. I don't remember. I'm not familiar with that geography. But that one choke point, if you're able to close off the Strait of Malacca, there goes a fuck ton of oil imports for China, and there goes their entire industry because they rely on it, or the coal imports. Now, if they're able to build, I, don't, I think it's like Trans-Siberia or whatever the fuck the Russians call it, that pipeline from Russia to China, that could put it like that's that could really put China at an advantage because now they're not dependent on the Strait of Malacca, and they're such tight allies with Russia. It's like unlimited gas for cheap with people who are ideologically aligned with them and who already hate everybody else. <laughs> There goes their gas problem. And I think their fertilizer problem as well because Russia makes a fuck ton of fertilizer. Shipping across, you know, it's through Siberia is extremely tough. But if they have Russia as an ally for those two resources which they need, which is like food production and for uh, gas, then it might be a problem. I've also heard that the way the economy and the population are set up in China is that Xi Jinping has to attack Taiwan within the next decade because of one because the of shrinking, his age, the shrinking population, yeah, the, the, the unemployment, the unemployment among the youth is at twenty two percent, and they, yeah. think, they think it's even higher. And uh, yeah, they're in a population crisis. Yeah, population crisis. They're gonna yeah, which is kind of crazy thing, you know, that one point four billion people is about to be in a population that crisis. That one one child policy, they shot themselves in the leg, bro. Yeah, that's what you get for killing babies. That's what you get. That's right. Justice, but also they say because of Xi Jinping's age is after 10 years he's going to be too old to be able to do an, a Taiwan invasion. And then, yeah, the economy is going to be at a point where it's crumbling or whatever. And then I for, there was a third factor. I don't remember it. But it's like within the next 10 years is when it's going to go down. So invest in Raytheon. For us. <laughs> <laughs> um. Don't invest in things that kill people. Uh, yeah. uh, don't invest in Coca-Cola? What do you mean? Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> bro, I didn't bet. I mean, it's guaranteed money. I'm pretty sure the Coca-Cola symbol is more recognizable than Jesus. Or maybe that was the Golden Arches. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, holy fuck. Coca-Cola, like, that's a, um, 
I don't know if we talked about it before, but that's one of their like weird ways of measuring things is like they say that, McDonald's. Or? No, it's like the one of the ways that like foreign agents know that a government's going to shit or a country's going to shit is if there's no access to Coca-Cola. Because then it's like Coca-Cola gets everywhere so reliably. If the country can't get Coca-Cola, you better get the fuck out because something's going down. <laughs> it's a little top tip. Tea time top tip. That's good to know. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting decade. Lots of money to be made. Lots of lives going to be lost. But, you know, hopefully we'll get through it. Hopefully there's no solar flares or meteors that are going to come and destroy us all. Hopefully Elon Musk can teleport the AI super lords to Mars and save us all. I hope the U.S. has technology to stop nuclear and intercontinental ballistic missiles. I sure fucking hope. I mean, I think we do. I know they were building up the Iron Dome. They have it in Israel, but I, I don't know if it's true but i heard that it was not really supported or implemented that much in the u.s i would think we would have we would treat with treaty deals with like uh the ussr or whatever in gorbachev you know whatever it was to not build up anti-missile defense systems or that's whatever. dumb but <laughs> that's from my understanding we do have them spread out throughout the country we have technology you know well one of the things that makes it so much easier to do in israel versus the u.s is the u.s is so much fucking bigger than the israel you know like you can drive up israel in like a day you can't drive across the u.s in a day like it's just so much space to defend it's like unless there's a missile battery every 25 miles on the coast no it's a good thing though because most populations consolidate in certain areas you know a nuclear missile strike you know putin is not gonna be sending missiles to every square inch of the country it's not gonna hit charlotte but new york and dc <laughs> oh he'll probably hit charlotte he'll probably hit charlotte you know, i was looking at a map like um because there's, there's there's tactical maps of like where the jfk planned to nuke russia back in the 60s hmm. and like those reciprocals that the reciprocal intel we've received like where russia would target the u.s there's intel right now about where the russia would strike would strike the u.s and it's like all the major and minor cities like places like even places like Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Charleston. Well, I heard that's because of McDill in, uh, in, the, uh, in Tampa. Tampa. St. Pete would get targeted. These, and they wouldn't just send one missile. That's that's the reassuring thing. Like They wouldn't send just one missile to New York. They'd probably send 10 hmm. to make sure one hits. So they wouldn't just send... They would probably send <laughs> that's reassuring. <laughs> it, it's it's reassuring in the sense that they couldn't at least nu- we'll die. Definitely, they, they couldn't nuke everything they wanted. No, but oh, I mean that's something like if you look at the nuclear capabilities of submarines, holy yeah, fuck yeah, dude, it, they can hold like a hundred twelve missiles. It's or like something. they can hold like 20 missiles but each missile has like 24 20. warheads and the warheads i saw it's like if one hits moscow the other one can hit london from the same missile and we have not only one of these submarines with like what's 20 times 12 you do the fucking math not only one of these submarines i think we have like 40 of these submarines just hanging out just sneaking around the whole fucking planet and Russia, you know those motherfuckers have them. You know China has them. All you need is one jackass who's like, fuck it. The thing is, China only has like 200, 200 warheads or something. Like yeah. Nowhere near. Nowhere near. It's literally, it's just US, Russia, and then way in the background, you got China. But it's just it's just concerning. Yeah, I don't we, know what India's submarine capabilities are. I think it's, I feel like the world doesn't be worried about the US because we don't want to because we're the best we don't it's because we don't want to change the order we yeah. like what we have because we're number one russia <laughs> wants to change the order yeah because they want to be number one so they'd be willing to risk 
And it's not just that like, they're going to risk it all to be number one. I think to a certain extent, they can never be number one. They don't have the the population. They don't have the the the, the economy. They don't have the technology. But there's they don't some. Have- there's like people you like. I'm sure you've met these people. They don't necessarily want to win. They just want you to lose. <laughs> and they will. And if you get one crazy motherfucker in there who has access to the button, Putin. that's what they're gonna fucking. I you see, and that's the thing. I don't know that Putin is necessarily the one to do it, but like people have said it where it's like oh you want to coup against Putin it's like right that, behind that, him are five more people even crazier that's what, than that, he that, is that's what I agree with because if you have like if you had Putin die what what is stopping them if you had the whole government collapse what's stopping from like a mayor from a random city in Russia garner, garnering up enough local military support getting to Moscow taking over control and then just launching missiles. You don't even need to take over Mo- Moscow, though. That's it. It's like if you have access to one of these nuclear silos and the troops who are able to run it, you don't even need. You know, you could be out in the middle of fucking Siberia. If you well, can take I, that over, you can I, fucking launch I the nuke. I think. I think it depends. I think it depends because sometimes you need presidential authorization, like a thumbprint or something. Or, yeah, I don't know. There, the so safeguards there's a, there's a for lot, that. There's a lot to it. But like the way it works in the U.S. is like there are silos where it's soldiers get the call and they turn the keys there's not a fingerprint <laughs> there's not a verification it's two guys just have to have the keys and the you know the balls to turn them that's and you know i don't know i don't I, it's it's very it's very scary because like you think the fucking countries are crazy enough but you just get one or two guys who are crazy enough well, good thing access. is the good thing is that you do if you have soldiers that are crazy enough to do that there's enough systems put in place where those will get shot down yeah, because if you if you have, if you had a crazy if you had a crazy like two guys managed to, you know sneak their way all the way through background checks and get in a submarine and launch missiles together, you know they they launched like two bit missiles with twenty four heads each on them, they're gonna get shot down by somebody. You know it's gonna be. I hope. <laughs> I hope. I don't take that very you, much for granted. U.S. Congress, you know, like ten or fifteen years ago, they had a, a meeting about um, nuclear new nuclear developments or whatever and what the security intel- um, intelligence community came up with is that the most serious concern to the u.s homeland was dirty nuclear bombs yeah if some terrorist organization acquired enough uranium to develop some sort of nuclear bomb ship it over in a cargo ship and get through u.s customs because it's not very hard to do that through shipping containers wrapped in lead or whatever mm-hmm. you hide that uranium and then you sneak that into a van and you just drive it to, to new york city yeah and it, phew, that was their main concern and so they had a team of scientists they funded a team of scientists who had no experience with developing nuclear bombs just all sorts of the spectrum like physicists chemists whatever stuck them together and had them work on developing a nuclear bomb by themselves and they were able to successfully develop a bomb yeah. with nuclear capabilities, you know, greater to an extent than the one in Hiroshima, basically similar to that, just a group of scientists with well, no, no government intel or and, anything. Well, that's the thing, though, about dirty bombs. It's, nece- it's not the explosive capabilities that are their strong suit. It's the fact that you just spread a fuck ton of irradiated material yeah. and you make the whole place uninhabitable. Well, it's still a huge explosion. Like, imagine yeah. Hiroshima. Like, imagine that in downtown in Manhattan, bro. Yeah, you're done. That's, I got it. We're going to take a little bathroom break right here. We'll be back. All right, boom. All right, and we backy. We backy? We backy. We back. Um, why the fuck are we even talking about conflicts or some shit? 
Taiwan. Taiwan. Battle. Crazy person. You wouldn't expect. Yeah. Oh, if someone take over Russia. Do you think nuke. there are any safeguards if, like, Trump gets a hair up his ass or Biden just falls on the fucking football for some reason and he's like, fuck it, we're blowing up Mexico. I don't like him. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of like what General Miley said um, back in 2020, where he talked about he said he would warn China beforehand if Trump decided to invade them. He's like, whoa, that's treason, but whoa, there's also kind of his safeguards against the president, but whoa, that's also treason. That's also hella treason. Yeah, I'm surprised, you know, nothing still happened to that guy. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I know he fucking hates Millie now, but <laughs> yeah, dude, dude's a traitor. Like, regardless. No, I. That's curious though, because it's like, at what point are you a traitor against your country if your country has betrayed you? If that makes sense, like. But he didn't. The country didn't betray him. He was just saying if Trump decided to invade China. If he oh, disagrees yeah. with with <laughs> the, <laughs> that is literally treason. Disagrees with the country, then the country's against. I don't. Is there something? Is there something that would be enough for you to commit treason of? Like, okay, if if the U.S. were about to launch nukes at. Uh, let's say Canada. U.S. just invades Canada. No, let's say the U.S. is going to launch nukes at Iran, mm. and oh, a general was just like, I can't. Good conscience launch nukes against a non-nuclear state, blah blah blah, and like, you know, came out like okay. You know, but General Miley like saying, "Oh, we have a huge existential threat, like China invading Taiwan, and you know, you, you know, Trump decides to invade mainland China." Mm. Yeah, I'll tell them beforehand, bro. That is that is treason. Yeah, that's just yeah. It's literally just disagreeing with with the commander in chief rather <laughs> yeah. than being like, "Oh, I'm doing it to protect." The-. Well, even if you're saying it's to protect the nation, that's the whole point. Yeah. Is like, commander in chief has a nice ring to it. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds pretty good i don't know when you think like jimmy carter was in charge of the entire military you're like that guy really like, what? Trump, trump probably goes his golden toilet bathroom it's like i was commander in chief i was, I was commander in chief i did everything right they indicted me <laughs> those bastards i'll kill them all oh Bro, if he comes back, he's coming back with a vengeance. You know vengeance. he's got a list. He's got, oh. and he's checking it twice. You know that motherfucker's gonna be mad. And you're fired. And you're fired. And you're, and you're fired. You're fired. You're going to a black site. He's fired. You're killing him. You're killing him. Hey, you know, hey, same forever. thing. <laughs> Bro, oh my god, dude, I don't. That's. It's kind of fascinating though. It it is in, in a twisted sense. It's it, like it's a what if. You know, you know, you always want to watch what if shows. Like, what if Pre- Trump is president again? What would he do? At the same time, it's uh, it's so uh, it's I, got real implications. It'd be cool. What if we killed Vladimir that, Putin? Can you imagine that though? In like twenty, like a year and a half from now, Trump is president. Could you imagine? You know, people talk <laughs> about like civil war, and I'm I'm okay. There wouldn't, there wouldn't be civil war. I I like I don't really think it's gonna happen just because like it's not. Who has all the guns? Who has all the guns? Well, it's, I mean, they would be the ones doing like starting this fucking civil war again. They would be the ones rebelling if like I don't know. I I think it might happen if like they throw Trump in jail or some bullshit like that. But like. Like he wins the election, they throw him in jail. Uh, yeah, something. You know what I mean? Like they would be the ones I think who would start it for Trump. 
but like I don't think there's the the sort of like threat to life necessary for people to start picking up guns the way it was previously. There's some crazy people out there, though, <laughs> especially on the right side. <laughs> I don't know. Just like the, the you, see, you wouldn't see, you never see liberals, progressives doing uh, insurrection. No, <laughs> like when Hillary Clinton lost, Trump loses. Just fuck it, we're gonna burn it down. <laughs> January sixth, but eight, with eight, liberals. Oh eighteen twelve, part two. I don't. It's just very like, and I don't even know what would happen. That's the thing. It's like. What the fuck would that be like? Like, do you think it would be like, all right, he's just president again? Or do you think it would be like, no, shit's going to go down kind of thing? Like, what would go down, though? Would it be just like he gets elected president and then, of course, like all these indictments that he has go through and then he gets thrown in jail. And then there's certain things they say he can't pardon himself for. So it's like. What what if Trump was just in the White House one day and like telling him he has to go to jail? He's like, no. And they're like, they sent a team to arrest him. He tells, tells whatever. He's commander in chief. What if he uses the army against the Department of Justice? <laughs> That's literally the executive branch going after the judiciary. That's that. What the fuck happens then? Oh, there's checks and balances. I don't think there's a check for that. I'm pretty sure. What the fuck? Do, what the fuck do you do then? I don't know. I mean, well, I uh, well, here the purse. Congress has the purse, and you just stop funding the military. They already bought the guns, bro. What do you? I don't think the well, purse is gonna do jack shit. The pen is mightier than the sword. Yeah, okay, buddy. Say that when there's a gun in your fucking face. <laughs> no, I don't think that's that's not gonna oh work. That gosh. takes too long. They already bought the guns. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you're saying we we're gonna do, return all those guns you bought? <laughs> if they try to rush Trump, we get an, uh, an American dictatorship. That's. <sighs> Yeah, so we get we get a uh, FDR part two. Sometimes, like I don't like I worry about that. I don't, I don't. At times, I'm like Trump's not that extreme. It's there's no way he's gonna take over almost like a fascist dictator. But other times, I'm like he literally tried to overthrow the election <laughs> and he said the Constitution should be postponed. You're like that sounds very fascist to me. That's kind of Hillary. I, I mean, I know he's his name's thrown around with Hitler, so it's, I, I hate to be acne like that. But like that's a very Hillary. Like, well, I was his Hillary. Hillary Clinton. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like that. Yeah. I don't, you don't have Hitler trying to overthrow the government. It's more. It's, what's it more like? It's more like uh, what do you call it? Not the Lenin. Like, Lenin, you know, 1918, uh, the Civil War, you mean? Yeah, yeah, it's it's more along the lines of Lenin. I'm going to bloodily take over everything and make my own Oh, that's good. No, you're right. That's great, actually. That's a a lot more appealing, actually, than the the fascist overlord. (laughs) It's just so good. Like, there's, you know, you want to think... That it's going to be like, oh, everybody was making a big deal out of it. But actually, it kind of resolved itself. And like, yeah, there were some arguments. But, you know, it's not like a revolution happened. But then when you think about it, it's like, that's kind of how revolutions start. Like, it, bro, it, you hear Vivek saying, time for a revolution. You already bro, know. He wants to be Trump's secondhand man. I can Over- see that motherfucker. I can see Over- that he's a fucking Goebbels. That guy is, dude, I can see Trump standing there being all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just standing so giddy. He's like, yeah, we're going to get him. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, he doesn't seem like a part, yeah, like a little snidey, little like, yeah, you suck. And I'm going to fucking, you said mean things. Asa Hutchinson, you go fuck yourself. I'm gonna get you. Oh, Chris Christie, throw him in jail. No more donuts for you. Like, I, I, 
Like, I know it's a personal attack, not necessarily a political thing that I dislike about him, but I really, like, personally, I think Vivek is just a little snively little asshole. I don't, I don't like him personally. These, we, say, you, we, the, you know, we make these personality judgments while we've only seen video. We've seen true. them through a screen that's for true. maybe two hours max of our life. We no, don't know right. these people. We don't know their intentions. We don't know their beliefs. You know, that's, we don't know. No, you're we right. Don't know. But from what I have seen, <laughs> that's what I. He's just that. I feel like, I feel like it's easier to make more value judgments for people like Trump. Because we have so many testimonials mm. of people who've been there their whole lives or you know experiences, like, but Vivek, we know like nothing about. Yeah, he's an unknown. Um, that's that's gonna be interesting to see. I want to see. There, you know, shit's gonna come out against him. So I'm like, what's he got? What's he got going on? With DeSantis, we don't know much about him. I mean, no. you, you know, you see him on a screen, you see him everywhere, but. We don't know if what deep down reason we like. You know, it's interesting because actually I know somebody who worked the campaign trail with him, mm. and they said they would go to dinners at his house and stuff like that. And they said he was very, he acted very arrogant and pompous, really? so kind of Trump esque. And so you're like, you can't really give those value judgments if you don't know them beyond the screen. The only reason I can I can make that statement is I know someone who had direct contact with them, mm. but like. I understand you're making a value judgment off on them based on what you're seeing, but so many people, I feel like this goes for celebrities, for politicians, whatever. There's many value judgments about someone, and they know yeah. minutia. You like, just see the face on TV every once in a while. You don't see what they're like at home. You don't see what they're like day to day. You don't know them. Yeah. And, you don't know them. Yeah. I don't know. Well, uh, so some things you know, I know. You know their, 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 their personality. They're... They're public like Ellen. Per, their persona. You know you the know, persona. Their persona. Yeah, everybody sees Ellen. Oh, she's dancing. Look at her go. Oh, I like ice cream too. And then everybody's like, she's a bitch behind <laughs> stage. She's like, where's my fucking coffee? One of those kind of people. And, and nobody, you don't know that because that's not the, what they yeah. show you. Yeah, it's not what you hear. It's not what you see. I want some of those secret record because that was a big thing. It, well, it wasn't a big thing, but it came out recently. Everybody's like, yeah, Biden's an asshole to all his aides and stuff like that. But from what I've heard, it's like almost every president has been like that, and that's something that's been said is like. Every candidate up there, everybody who has the gall to run for president to a certain level has some ego. You have to have ego. Nobody's running up for president. We're like, yeah, maybe I think I you could know, do I, a good job. This with testimonies are like really nice. Like, like Jimmy Carter, regardless of a lot of the flack and the hate he got, yeah, people said he, had, he was a and really he was the lowest rated president <laughs> ever. Like people say, it's like you need somebody to be an asshole because that's how you get the job done. And maybe that's the case. I, I really don't know. Because it's it's and you want you want one of those like. When they're on your side, you want one of those fighting assholes because they're going to be fighting for you because they're like, no, go fuck yourself. I'm going to get America first. Fuck you. Versus Carter's just like, well, you know, it'd be nice if we came out on top. I mean, you guys will have your chance sometimes. We'll have a chance. It's like, no, 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 no. We want a motherfucker who's going to go in there and say like, all right, bitches, you're going to give me what the fuck I want or I'm going to cut your goddamn balls off. Fuck everybody else in this room. Give me what I want. That's what you want. That's that's what you need, like that, because that's the game, right? Like this is not happy-go-lucky. Like, oh, we're gonna come to a moral consensus. These are fucking savages. We live in anarchy. It's every man for himself. You know why the predatory businessmen do well? Because it's a fucking dog-eat-dog world out there. And unless you're willing to cut throats, rah rah rah. Unless you're willing to fucking cut throats, you're not gonna get anywhere. That's how it works. In the rare occasion, you do see the good man come out on top. Yeah, okay. On the rare occasion. Yeah, okay. 
But everything, even the fucking getting the Pope elected is a political thing. It's not about, oh, he's the most well, pious. The Pope is a heretic. He's oh, a, oh, 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 But he's not the most pious man in the whole land. You know, he didn't do it because he rode the fucking bus in Argentina or wherever the fuck he was from. He did it because he was able to politically get his way. Yeah. He did whatever kind of handshaking and mouth massaging that he needed to do to get people to vote for him. That's that's the game. Nice guys finish last. It, is it right? Maybe. Evolution. <laughs> Evolution, baby. But that's 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 the long and the short of it. And I, you know, no matter how much you lick that microphone, I don't think you're gonna change things. I mean, maybe for me, we'll talk after. But you know what I mean. No comment? No comment. I mean, that might be a good place to finish. That's kind of where I finished the last one, so I don't know. <laughs> My eyes were open. He was like, like the, the guy who was on last, he was he's, uh, does stuff with the Democratic Party. And his, like, uh, understanding of the world, like, he wasn't like, oh, progressive Democratic kind of guy. He was very much like, yeah, no, there's, this is no, like, happy-go-lucky shit in the world. Like, it's go fuck yourself, like, take what you want kind of guy. And I don't know. Do you have any any final comments for the people of the tea time? This is going to be a very interesting election cycle. Um, I'm more interested now than I was a week ago after seeing the debate. I think uh, a 2024 Trump election would be very interesting, but concerning and scary. But maybe not scary. Maybe TV. Maybe it's completely. It'll make good TV. But I think. It's definitely worth tuning into just minimally. It's good to know what's going on. It's not good to get wrapped up in it. If the world's going to burn down, you might as well watch the flames. <laughs> yeah. Know where it's coming from. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for coming on, Nathan. It was lovely to have you. Come back anytime you want. Uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in. Uh, kiss, kiss. Love, love. See you guys later. Peace.